All right, welcome into the show, guys. It's Cancel This, 716 on a Wednesday morning, January 11th. I'm Vic Faust with Tab of the Hassle. Eric Johnson on his way in. And Scotty Gherkin, we appreciate you jumping in to what we do. We love this cutting-edge show, Cancel This. Live news, politics, society, and cancel culture education at its finest. Here Monday through Friday, 7-ish to 10 a.m. Of course, you can check out all of our original content on our website, cancelthisshow.com. Once again, cancel thisshow.com and what a show we have for you today one of our biggest shows yet by the way we stuffed everything we possibly could in not only are that a head are there a lot of headlines today the faa grounding flights just when we thought the airline industry couldn't get any worse it has we're going to be talking about that um we've got the owner of strategic air services coming into studio as well today owner of the facility where we broadcast we had kevin in before it was one of our most popular shows when he talked about the airline industry, the problems, um, flying private, how that can help in some certain situations. By the way, I flew private Sunday. I was very fortunate. Alex. Oh, did you? Oh, I flew private back from San Diego and it was one of the best experiences I've ever had. I can't wait to hear about it. I, I hope I get that experience again sometime. I got to see how the other side lives for a little bit. <laughs> However, if anybody's trying to fly public these days, my Lord, oh Lord, some computer went down the FAA, the FAA, ordering airlines to halt U.S. departures among the systems outage. We're dealing with that. Uh, President Joe Biden finally addresses <clears throat> classified documents found in his possession. Gee, I remember him going after former President Trump over documents. We're going to get into that. And if it wasn't a packed enough show already, coming up at 830, we're going to talk with the real estate queen, Kathy Helbig. I can't Kathy wait to Helbig talk to Realty. Kathy. She's going to be live in studio today. One of the sponsors of the show. We're going to break down the latest on the uh, real estate industry because right now I hear people saying, oh, 2023 is going to be great. I hear 2023 is going to be bad. I hear 2024 is the year. Kathy's going to let us know what's going on, the interest rates, what's out there, what's not, the reality of that. Um, we've also got coming up, uh, if you talk about, Charlie Strange coming up at nine o'clock, Tabitha, and the author of his new book. Absolutely. I cannot wait to talk to Charlie Strange and, of course, Stephen Luchel. Stephen is the author. He co-authored the book Relentless with Charlie Strange. Charlie Strange is the gold star father of Michael Strange, who was part of SEAL Team 6. And as you know, SEAL Team 6 is the team that went in to basically eliminate Osama bin Laden. If you re if you recall back in 2011, well, that was a very I'm sure everyone's heard all the conspiracy theories surrounding SEAL Team 6, surrounding the death of Osama bin Laden. And I'll tell you what, there's a lot to a lot to those conspiracy theories because I don't have the answers. Hopefully, Charlie will fill us in a little bit better. But there is some strangeness going around that circumstance. And, and what ended up happening is three months after Osama bin Laden was killed, SEAL Team 6 members, 17 of them, were on the Chinook helicopter in Afghanistan on August 6, 2011. And there were 38 members total, 38 heroes on that Chinook that day. They were shot down over Afghanistan. The government would not give Charlie any answers about his son. He finally got some answers about the Black Book. The black, sorry, the black box on the airplane. The black, the book. black no, that's book. right. I get it. There's a probably is a black book. Yes, there is. And, and they, you know, gave him this crazy story about his son 
you know, that he was burned in the fire and he never survived. And then he found out later that he actually was still alive. There's so much to it. I will let Charlie tell the story. But in the end, what ended up happening because he came after them so hard and he was literally relentless and trying to get answers about the death of his son. And not only that, but the fact that the SEAL Team 6 members, many of them, it was obvious to the people around them that they knew something was going on. Very ominous. Some of the things that they said to their family members, Charlie will get into that. But in the end, when he was so relentless after pursuing the Obama administration over the death of his son, they ended up seeking the NSA on him. And the NSA, this goes to show how far the government can go to spy on you, to spy on all of us. They were using his laptop camera without anyone's permission, with anyone's knowledge, to take photos of him and his family. And we're going to get into that coming up at 9 o'clock. We've got 30 minutes set for that. Oh, and then, by the way, if that wasn't enough, coming up at 9.30, we're going to talk with Owen Schroyer. If you don't know who Owen Schroyer is, a St. Louis native making worldwide headlines in the political game of broadcasting, the new wave broadcasting. He's probably the most canceled millennial in America. Owen is a St. Louis political activist. I guess we could call him that. He's host of InfoWars. A lot of people know InfoWars War Room, which is a banned show in America. Oh, he sounds perfect for us. Yes. <laughs> yes, um, he does. Anyway, we can't wait to talk to Owen today. St. Louis native, making his headlines all around the world. Uh, and when you talk to millennials who are conservatives, you talk to millennials who give a damn about politics in any sort of way, they know who Owen is. The first time I saw Owen, I was like, damn, that guy's got some, he's got some cojones. I remember, <laughs> he's you know out what? there. I know. Make, he's out there trying to make a difference. He um, sure is. It's not easy when you go out on the street and try to get man on the street interviews, and then you're going to do something controversial and not say add politics into the mix because you get cussed at, you get pushed at, you get spit on, you get pushed anything, uh, violated um, just to get some good interviews. So can't wait to talk to Owen at 9.30. I can't wait. I remember when he was hired. That's how much I remember about oh, really? Owen. <laughs> I remember when he was hired because I was thinking, oh my gosh, you know, I I, I love, I have always loved InfoWars. And then I know how it hard they've like come after. Like. I absolutely so. And I know they've come so hard Info. after Alex Jones. So hard after him. And completely just because he's telling the truth. He's a truth teller. And that's why they come after him so hard. And then when we had a St. Louis guy put into this position it was phenomenal well he didn't he admitted the sandy hook thing though yeah, yeah i never he, agreed with alex jones on the yeah, sandy yeah, so hook. we have to be careful I, about it. yeah <clears throat> i didn't that is one one topic i did not agree with him on yeah and he paid for it dearly he he's 695 million dollars yeah, yeah so um i can't wait to have owen on owen will be joining us from that standpoint as well uh other news headlines today by the way cancel the show.com share the show as always share the show cancel this show.com. You can check out all of our original content that we have there for you. We appreciate uh, when you do also, we've also had, uh, if you go to cancel the show.com, you'll see a donate button in the upper right-hand corner. Uh, Julie Cantwell, Todd Bodecker have already donated. Thank you so much. Um, it's the best way to help keep us going to keep what we're trying to do, the technology going uh, to stay up to date with everything that we're trying to do to make sure that we are bringing you the best information that we can because we plan on being around for a while and we've got big plans. This show is evolving on a daily basis and um, we're just trying to help out. So Todd Bodecker, Julie Cantwell, thank you for going to cancel the show.com, clicking on the donate button, 
PayPal, Venmo. Um, we give your ideas there. We're going to be giving away um, some merchandise as well as we get on, put into drawings, things like this. We appreciate that. Derek Pratt with our incredible cancel this cups. We love that as well. Also, um, here's what we've got going on today. Huh. Joe Biden finally responds. Did you see the story, Tabitha? He finally breaks his silence regarding what happened with his um, documents, classified documents. And if the national media has, well, well, we know the national media doesn't have any <laughs> clause. They don't go after Joe Biden. Uh, where's the investigation to Joe Biden and the classified documents? Are there more? Should his houses be raided? I was just going to say, how do we know? Because they've not raided his home. Once again, if you trust national media, take a deep breath and break that story down. You're going after the former president, but you're not going after the current president where the real big story is. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Nothing has happened with the former president, Trump, and those, quote, classified documents. Uh, because it was perfect. Everything he did was perfectly legal. 100%. He didn't do anything wrong. It was all about the optics and dragging him through the mud on the media. So where does this go? Is anything going to happen with Joe Biden and the classified documents? No. No, no, no. It's a, it was it was a blip on the screen. However, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who gets a lot of headlines, she loves the camera. Uh, she came out yesterday, flat out said uh, there needs to be an investigation. Yes. Now, now that the House has the power, there may be an investigation. But where does it go from there? Um, you know, the, the DOJ has put a Trump assigned uh person onto the case but what does that mean will it mean anything it it won't mean anything i'm surprised they even announced it at all or discussed it at all quite honestly and i'm not saying that joe biden even did anything wrong having these classified documents president trump didn't do anything wrong having the documents that he had but we don't know this until there's an investigation well and does he have more that's the question well, also he says he says he was surprised to learn the government docs were found at his former office. I <laughs> imagine I imagine uh, that. Uh, 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 say, you know what, though? As much as that man is lost, and we're not trying to be disrespectful, but he's lost. I mean, he turns around and he tries to shake hands with people who aren't there. He called last week Kamala the president for like the fifth or sixth time. Yes. At a, we, we played that here. Kamala just like looks at him like, like the young, like the young aunt or the young girl looking up at the great aunt or the, the, the grandma going, okay, just, just continue on. Just continue on trying to talk. Yes. <sighs> he doesn't know where he's at. Maybe he doesn't. He's Maybe first, he doesn't know what he's doing. He's the first president ever to be protected by the Salvation Army. <laughs> he took, he probably <laughs> took the documents years ago and forgot. And it's sad because. Once again, we make light of him. Oh. But any family member that has experienced somebody else with dementia, you, you see things. And it's he, sad he they and were it's there. terrible. He knew they were there. Come on. Ben. I, I don't know. The, I don't I don't know that he did either. I don't know. Right, really? They, Maybe they, at they, one point was, he did. It was one of the documents was about Ukraine. We always talk about Joe and his, yep. his but I mean, Ukrainian does, nefarious family. Come on. But he, does he know now is what I mean. Of course he, he does. doesn't have the cognitive ability, I think, to know now. But back then... You know, these documents for, for, were from when he was vice president. You know, the thing about it is they talk about, okay, Trump had hundreds of documents. And, oh, okay, 
Biden has tens of documents. To me, if you're going to break the law, it's just breaking the law. It doesn't matter what the severity of it is. If one document is bad, then a hundred documents are bad. So it kind of here's the here's the saving grace for Trump. Now they can't prosecute him unless they want to prosecute Biden. That's it. That doesn't mean they won't try. But no, I don't I do not think that, that President Trump did anything wrong. I think Joe Biden did do something wrong, possibly because of the fact the time when he did have these documents at his office, he didn't do it now while he's president. This was back when he was vice president. I can't stand watching Drew Collins' comments sometimes. He is such a... Who cares? We, we're a Happy birthday, Drew, by the way. He's we're such a partisan hey, hack. We're a national show, Eric. It, you know, I mean, back yes, in the... Yes, but he's, a, he's our little muse. He's That's our right. little muse. He, he had thousands, <laughs> Eric. So wait a minute. What are you saying? So if there's one bad top secret document in a closet over at Biden's uh, think tank, which is funny, by the way, Biden has a think tank. Just reminisce on that one for a few minutes. Um, <laughs> well, he doesn't do any thinking for himself, so I wouldn't say that's exactly surprising. Right, which is to me is worse because it's a kind of a public facility that doesn't have Secret Service walking around the halls, and it's in a in a closet somewhere, in a janitor's closet somewhere. Yet, but, but Trump's documents are in a, is like in a back room with Secret Service all over the place. So. Well, we're being told the vice president does not have the authority to have. Those oh, that's another good point of documents. What the hell is he doing with the documents? And I hadn't even thought about that angle. No. You're right, because this was from when he was vice president from the Obama administration. Bingo. And Michelle says they have an uncle who has dementia and their uncle reminds them of how Biden acts. Exactly. It, yeah, it's he, sad, look, but it's not even a thing anymore, Vic. It's just not. He has dementia. And, and, and we, we, we're not doctors. But we, we know enough when we see someone with Tourette's syndrome, even though we're not a doctor, that they have Tourette's. No, right? it's yeah, I know. it's it's an outward mobility problem with the president. It, it needs to be said at this point. Um, but, you know, it, it seems cruel. It sounds it sounds harsh when we say that stuff. But there comes a time when you have to understand this guy is flying the most the largest country on the planet Earth. And he's doing things that are damaging us now. So. Anyway, back to uh, the show, because it just sometimes it just frustrates you. It really does. It frustrates well, of you. course, it's frustrating, Eric, because we we at least I don't know about you. I believe that when Joe Biden was vice president, that he set himself up for all of these deals that he later came into and made money from Burisma. Yeah. Uh, we already know all of the conspiracies surrounding Ukraine and some of it coming to light as truth. The bio labs yeah. in Ukraine. You know the the underhanded well, dealings in Ukraine. To me, you're right, and 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 that we're in a glossing over eye mode right now, Tabitha, because but, you're right. But but I but, doubt he but remembers if, if now. More than, if more than if if you have literally maybe two percent of the population knowing exactly what you're talking about right now. But the, oh, it's way more than two percent. But when you look at this story and you go to CNN, you go, you know, this is a nothing burger. When you have your correspondent saying, you know what, this is a, a, just an oversight, a slip up. There's nothing to see here. When you see everybody in the media going, there's nothing to see here, yet there is wall-to-wall -wall coverage with two helicopters over Mar-a-Lago, and you see the differences in how things are covered, now, now it's just, that's where it gets scary. That's where it gets well, it's, and we, it's, it's and we unnerving. Know why. We know why. Because it's unnerving. They're trying to take down Trump. They don't want him to run in 2024. Well, now Biden can't run. Because now every every ad is going to be about Joe Biden and his classified documents. It is. I'm no, sorry. Absolutely. So, so here's the good news for, for Mar-a-Lago. Really? Here's the good news for Mar-a-Lago. 
you are off the hook. I hope. I, <laughs> There's the good news. Be, that you, would be great. If but, you want the news of the day, it's not about anything other than this. There's no way the DOJ can press charges now against Trump unless they want to do the same rigmarole over there at the Biden Well, these are house. two very different circumstances. Trump, as president, had the authority to declassify documents. So the documents he had at Mar-a-Lago, they had been declassified. He declassified those documents. They were at his home. They were saving for his personal archive. He has every right to do that. And that's why we're not seeing it on the media anymore because too many people are like, okay, this is stupid. He had every right to do this. Completely plausible. He's not been arrested. Clearly, he didn't break any laws. This deal with Joe Biden, I doubt Joe Biden remembers right now because I really do think that his cognitive ability is so low. I absolutely think he has dementia. I wonder if I the, think he's you, got you own the illnesses. house now. You own the house now. Since we, since you hate McCarthy so much, you might as well start pinpointing what he's done so far for us. He basically defunded the, at least on paper, yeah, the not him, seven thousand. Not him. Iron. Not Time him. to give him his credit, Tabitha. No, you know what? He was forced to do it this. Doesn't by matter. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it does. You know what? It does 87, matter. Eighty-seven thousand IRS matter. agents are now defunded. It does matter, according to this Congress. Now, obviously, he gets to go do a Senate and back up to the to the white house mccarthy also has put out something that says we want to we want to get rid of the irs and we and so there's a lot of important stuff going on right now now he's starting to do uh getting these committees in place he took schiff off of a committee he, had he, to. Took Omar off. he hasn't no. taken them off yet he wants to take them I, off. I take it you like Eric, mccarthy now you, you like mccarthy now no i don't like mccarthy right right now here what you're you guys are missing the big i like mccarthy here. tab's right i like I'm mccarthy missing- yeah. I do. You're I think missing this guy's a, this the guy's big a, picture. This guy's a gangster. <laughs> this guy is a is a gangster. I have this right though. Things are getting saucy. The big picture, yeah. Eric Johnson. Because here's the big picture: is that had you two communists had your way, yeah, what would have happened is these twenty patriots would have stood down and just gave their vote to McCarthy without having their demands met. There's these things be. that McCarthy is doing right now, he had to do it. If he didn't agree to do There's those things, so... he would not be the speaker right now. I just checked my Mega Millions from last night. I did not win, but I had one number. For anybody <laughs> <cares>. <laughs> Throw have... that down there. Come on, man. <laughs> Don't live your life on that kind of stuff, Vic. Yeah, I it know. It only cause heartache. I know. And, and, you'll, and if, you'll... It makes me feel like I had a chance. So you're saying there's a chance. And you'll make everybody behind you at the quick trip late for their no, you're the Hey, I listen, Tabitha, I get your point. But at the same point in time, we can't say for sure that Kevin McCarthy would not have done that. Yes, What's we can. Oh, yes, we can. What's you know why you, we can Tabitha? say that, Vic? You no. know why we can say why? that? Why? Because we know that he had from August until now to meet these demands. And he flat I, out. It's a pride refused. issue. I, yeah, it's a possibility. He but refused. I always felt. Would you rather. But pride is a big deal. And I'm telling you, I think he wanted to do it his no, way. No, no. I explained no, this already. No, yeah. no. I'm you, tell, I'm you're no. a 14 year veteran. It's not veteran. an opinion. This is a fact. Hey, the bottom line is this. Let's not get caught up in the minutia. Good stuff is happening. Did, brother. Good stuff is happening. It's not minutia. It's giving somebody credit who doesn't deserve Let me give you another credits. reason why McCarthy is fantastic, okay? He is really good on camera. Yes, he is. He is fantastic. So is Obama. He yeah, is, and Obama so was considered Obama. to be a very popular president yeah. who was reelected. Kevin McCarthy, he does the PR stuff that the other legislators do not want to do. He went on Hannity last night and was a boss. 
I'm telling you, I don't know what you hate about this guy. I don't, not, I don't I know. I don't hate him. I don't understand. I, hate if you don't want to kill people and burn down the Capitol, yeah. Tabitha does not like you. Oh, good point. Good point. <laughs> That's not true. Fight, fight for your freedom. I don't hate <laughs> Kevin McCarthy. She always comes in with war Ooh, paint on her face. Lizzie, our room. sales promotion and marketing expert, says McCarthy is now accountable. Yes, he's on the clock. He is being held he's on the clock. Great, to the fire. Because you know what? He signed on the dotted line with these okay. 20 Patriots. And he said, hey, I will agree to your demands if you give me your votes, because if you don't give me your votes, guess what? I'm not going to be the speaker. <laughs> so he had no choice. Beatrice says, y'all stop. Okay. Exclamation point. Here's the deal. We need to agree. Eric, you agree. need to research more and stop watching CNN. That's the line of the day. <laughs> I don't watch CNN. I just in passing. He has it blocked on whatever yeah. service he has. It's like when I look outside the window and I see a wasp. He just listens. He doesn't watch. <laughs> Here's a wasp. Hey, by the way, you can catch us at canceltheshow.com. Pick out whatever platform you want. Facebook, YouTube, Rumble, which we love as well. Uh, Twitch. Yes. You got them all there. LinkedIn, Twitter. One of the things I've never done that I did yesterday, I went home and actually used my smart TV and went to the YouTube app Here we and go. watched the show it's on awesome my on TV. Really? It's, yeah, it's phenomenal. Yeah, it looks great. We do look great. We're trying to put on a good product. We look good. We sound good. Scott Kirkland on the boards are tech guy. Uh, we appreciate that too, Scott, because we do look good, sound good. Love it. Paul has to, I have to get this in there. Vic and Eric, I would rather see the promises on paper than a man's word nowadays. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. So anyway, I mean, it is what it is. Republicans getting something done. They voted to um, take back money for IRS agents, yes. 87,000 of them. I don't know what's going to happen. Well, it has to go through the Senate. I mean, you know it's what? not going to pass the Senate. It's a step in the right direction. And it was unanimous. I mean, it's a step in yes. the right direction. And I want to give a shout out to the folks out on YouTube. Busby, yes, we do see your comments. Yeah, you're we there. see we see everyone's comments. This new system that we have is amazing. We see all comments from all platforms. It's not as easy to go out and uh, reply to everyone because we're obviously busy, we're, omni, but, we're omnipresent. But we do we but we see we you see out there. It all. We do see it all anyway. Okay, we we need to really our adrenaline cannot go that high no, that it, fast. No, it can't. That's what we do. Can. We do it that. Can't do that, man. I got to go check my blood about, pressure. Well. <laughs> Speaking of blood pressure, that is a great segue, Eric. There's a lot of people who had flights this morning whose blood pressure oh my gosh. are going way, 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 way up. Uh, last check, I believe it was all domestic flights, were postponed until 8 a.m. this morning, and that had been going on for some time. Uh, apparently, the FAA grounded all flights. The FAA did this because of some sort of computer glitch. You want to talk about irate customers. We just saw what happened a few weeks ago with Southwest. We saw what the airline industry going down did to our society, yeah, yeah. what it did to Southwest. And that is a massive, massive problem. We don't know outside of, oh, it's a computer glitch. We've got to put all the flights down. Um, I was waiting for Tabitha to say, well, something is going on. Well, I, I do think something. To as use Eric's word, something. As soon as I saw. As soon as I saw that come through this morning, Lizzie sent that through to our text line, and that was the first I saw of it. And the first thing I thought is something nefarious is going on because it's not just Southwest. It's not American Airlines. It's the entire FAA, FAA system. And maybe they, we, you know what, we had internet problems, but you would think that the FAA is not going to have a system outage. Come on, they've got safeguards in place. 
something more is no, going on here. Yeah, the, and they're never going to tell those us. systems are like 60 years old. NOTAMS is the notice to, I used to always call it notice to airmen, but I guess it's notice to air missions. And basically what it is, it's a very important system. You take off from St. Louis and you want to, you're basically flight planning and you want to know what the challenges are between St. Louis and Chicago. When you get to Chicago, are there any runways that are out or whatever it is? So it's a very important system that needs to be <laughs> up and running for real. I, but it, there's two different problems. And notice to airmen is the FAA system. Last week was um, uh, Southwest Airlines system went out. So there's a private system and there's a there's the public system. So it's two totally different things. I guess we should start looking at Pete Buttigieg and seeing: Are you doing your damn job, son? Do you are the you are the transportation secretary? You need to know how these dilapidated systems are working or they're not working, and not worrying about damn racist highways between Mississippi and Alabama. That's that's the thing we need so to really put think, our finger on. You just think they have an antiquated system? Yes. And it went down because yes. it just doesn't work. Yes. It, has I, it ever gone I, down I, before? I don't know. Here, You know what I got worried about? What's that? We're in 2023 now, right? Colonel Joe Adams told us, look for an event in February Ooh. of 2023. And I'm like, wait a second. Is this what he's talking about? So ominous. We're going to have something with the airline industry going down. By the way, as we get ready to talk to um, um, the, the president owner, Kevin Malutnik, Strategic Air Services, um, who was a very popular guest when we had him on to talk about very. the bomb deal that we were dealing with with Southwest a few weeks ago. I do have to say this, Tabitha, Rocky. I the, saw Rocky's comment. Let, well, Rocky let me finish. Stop Detroit. talking over me. <laughs> Come on, let me finish this. Rocky <laughs> said, Vic, great to see you back! Exclamation point. Please tell Tabitha or let her know she is mistaken. Never. McCarthy published. Kevin McCarthy, Speaker of the House, that is, the commitment to America that had the IRS issue in its way before a speaker race was even announced. He's like, Mission Detroit, you guys are awesome. Thank you again, Rocky. I know it's difficult because you're used to people telling you how great you are. Always, but you also Vic. need no, to I'm hear kidding. the other side. Yeah, People do. People, and Rocky's a hardcore conservative. I he loves it. McCarthy. His voice counts. We are now in a situation where we all have to stand together, Tabitha. We do? Question mark? Oh, my God, Tabitha. McCarthy is an establishment shill. I love Rocky, and I'm going to go back and look at that. And I'm not disagreeing with Rocky, but Dear God help McCarthy us. is an establishment shill that is never going to change. And if you think you're going to change the mind of any of these folks, who listen to our show, you're not going to. You're like Terrell because Owens. Because we all know McCarthy You're like a really good receiver, but you bring show. so much uh, tr um, Drama. strife to the locker room. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. You're like a really good it receiver. It is what it is. But my God, when you get in the locker room, you Chad just Chad Ochocinco. Yes. <laughs> no, Tabitha actually has a lot of merit. She's She does. <laughs> Tabitha, stop hating on what you call establishment Republicans. They're Republicans. Like they, Eric said, we're pushing the the establishment out. Sorry, Eric, guys, your days like you're are on, numbered. Okay, look right. at her. You, if you're an establishment Republican, oh you may as well be a Democrat. All right, all right. Oh I, my God, stop. that that's how she feels, and that's it is how I, it's how most people feel. 
No, a, it's not. A, a, poll the people on the poll comment the people line. On the comment line. I can guarantee you that is how most people feel, unless you're an establishment guy. Then of course <laughs> you're not going to feel that way. All right, we were talking about <laughs> blood pressure being high. I had to get that in there. I took the chance. I went Poor that Kevin. way. What would, what would, what would Ronald Reagan say about what you just said? Do you think he would be in agreement? Would Reagan be an establishment guy? Yes. Yes, I he would. I don't think so. Yeah. Oh. Would JFK be an establishment guy? No, that's no. why he's dead. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Did you see? Okay. Would 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 Trump be an this establishment is guy? Is Trump an establishment guy? He's turning into one. Stop Damn, it. You're, that, oh, all because he wanted unity. Yes. Tabitha in most girls had Sean Cassidy on their wall. Tabitha has Trump on her wall. <laughs> now I love now, President Trump. Now, I love President Trump. But he didn't nominate. Guy. Or he did back up oh, sure Dr. Did. Oz. Come on. Yeah, now back to monkeypox. Back to monkeypox. <laughs> <laughs> Paul says the establishment Republicans say one thing and do another, especially the ones that voted for the $1.7 trillion bill or on the plan Man. on the way out the door. Man, you can't say anything about Tabitha on the show. She's like a deity. Look at all the comments. No, it's in. because we are we we represent like the patriots of this country. And I am telling you what establishment Republicans, not all of them, most of them mm -hmm. are just as bad as Democrats. They are not working for us. They're not doing anything for us. They are only working for themselves. And they would rather side with Democrats than with these 20 okay. patriots. Uh, Glenn says he has a fair faucet exactly. poster on his wall. I mean, come on. Uh, All right. Kevin well, Joseph says Tabitha's always ahead of the curve. Yes. Uh, Tabitha's spot on. Okay, we get okay. it. Okay. All, All right. right. Well, Look, we're wasting FAA, time. We're on getting this. back to the FA. We're oh. not wasting time on this. This is important. <laughs> this, is, this is highly important. And the other t shirt Tabitha will have for you pretty soon selected, not elected. When it comes to our oh, I'm shirts. making all sorts of t-shirts, all sorts. Yeah. All right, we are okay. T-shirt. Here's what we got. We are going to talk with Kevin. We're putting his light together right now. Yes, you see him on the screen right there. The FAA is scaring the hell He's out of me. Shadow banned, as you can see. <laughs> In the year 2000, as we try to get that done. Uh, seriously, when you talk about the FAA right now and and the flight situation that's happening, um, you know you. We're used to having some problems and things that occur. Yeah, the Southwest thing happens. A big blizzard comes and it knocks everything out. And then all of a sudden, boom, we get another situation. Kevin, we're working on your shot right now, getting some light. Scotty, you're doing a great job getting that set up so dang quick. Uh, with Strategic Air Services, what do you, what, what the hell is going on? You said that you said it's a what? It's another computer system. Oh my God! Eric says they're antiquated. They're everything in the United States is antiquated. Oh my God! Could you FAA systems? Yeah. I mean, so it's not the terrorists. <laughs> it's not the terrorists. They're put together by duct tape, pretty much. I mean, it's like the, every system in the FAA has been talked about being uh, overhauled for like the last 20, 30 years. Yeah, I mean, we still fly VORs. We uh, do. You almost have to. These what's days. a VOR for people who don't understand? It's, it's it's a unit that's on the ground that you tune into a radio in the airplane and you fly point to point. Um, we have GPS now. We have all these other systems. Uh, they've been antiquated. They've been supposed to um, phase them out for 25 years. Yeah. And, you know, yes, we're flying a lot of, a lot of um, uh, 
GPS approaches and things, but when it comes to en route flying, they're still flying VOR. And they were built in the 30s and 40s. So it was basically what the old B-57 bombers would fly around following, and then TWA would follow those same routes. And now they're they're using these old piece of junk, which work. They work, these piece of junk. They work, but they keep you... You know, they keep everybody in the same. Kevin, can you put that mic closer? Yeah. I'm the one that's hard of hearing yep. on can the show. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. So I, yeah. So we're talking about, you have the FAA problem. You have the, the airline, S, the airline problem, right? Pete Buttigieg is the problem, I guess. Right. If you, if well, every, the if, government's the problem, right? Well, he's the guy the holding FAA's, the keys right now. Yeah. The FAA is the problem. Yeah. Um, if you look at EASA, which is the European FAA, they're light years ahead of us. Oh to, yeah. To Why point, is that? They're more progressive. They actually do things. They actually make changes. Um, the FAA right now follows whatever EASA does. We're not being followed like we used to be in the F in, in the aviation business. Um, other countries don't follow what the United States does. Right. We're following what EASA does. Yes. So when they set a new standard, five, eight years later, that's a new standard for us. Yep. That's crazy. So we're putting all of this money into hiring 87,000 IRS agents we're putting all of this money into transgender bathrooms in schools. Trillions of dollars or a trillion dollars to Ukraine. But we're not updating our computer systems at the and, FAA. I mean, it's not even just the computer systems. It's runway. Everything. Just everything. Just everything. I mean, yeah. for example, if if uh, a manufacturer, somebody wants to do a, an upgrade on an airplane, um, they go and get it approved by YASA first. If it's approved by YASA, then the FAA will approve it. The FAA doesn't doesn't always approve things first, uh, even if it's a United States uh, manufacturer. But good news, I just saw before I came in here, the NOTAM system's back up. Yay! But the problem is, is now you've got all these delays. So <laughs> there's ground stops. Wow. Um, I'll give you another example. It looks larger than what we saw last, or two weeks ago with Southwest. Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, because this is every airplane. So a NOTAM is something that you <clears throat> have to check before you fly. Um, now, one thing that was a little on the media this morning that was a little off was they said that every airplane was grounded. Now you're not required to check your NOTAM if you're flying VFR. Right. If I'm going to fly from here to Kansas city and I'm in visual flight rules, which means I've, I've got visual contact with the ground. I've got uh, X amount of feet below clouds, between clouds, things like that. Um, and I don't need to use, a uh, precision approach going into an air, airport, I can see where I'm going and land. I don't have to check the NOTAMs. I right. don't have to confirm the NOTAMs. But right. if I'm going to fly out to Kansas City and I'm on an IFR flight plan, I have to know if what approaches are working, what ILS is working, what runways are closed. I can't see it until I'm on my right. approach. So that's a little, um, that was a little misleading but it's also another reason why if you charter a plane <laughs> or buy your own <laughs> then it really doesn't matter because your pilot like you said could fly vfr or at least get up in vfr right they, they could um we don't very often yeah uh, with with even our jets just because it's a, a safety concern and uh exactly well how yeah, long do you think that. this is going to take for the airline industry to get back up we try to bring this on because everybody's affected by airline travel whether it's them personally or family members or friends, and of course, businesses. I mean, it, it's the middle of the week. People are traveling. Yeah, well, you know, it's going to take a while for the congested airports. So for the New Yorks, the Atlanta, Chicago's, Miami, because, you know, 
it's probably not going to take quite as long for private aircraft because once we land, we go to an FBO, but it's going to take a long time for the airlines because they don't have gates. Mm. <laughs> oh my god! So if anyone's stranded right now at Lambert, they can head on over here and have no problem. <laughs> Was your phone out. blowing up when this home. happened again? I got a lot of texts. <clears throat> I figured I you, you did. did. Well, we wanted to jump, get you jump in studio to at least explain the situation. We have you in the building. Um, we know you said that you were in your workout clothes. I think you look great. I wish I could come to work like that all the time. Oh, wait, too. we can. I do too. We do. Oh, that's right. No more ties. Yeah. Uh, any advice you can give for people, whether they're dealing with um, flights right now or if they're interested in strategic air services for some situation? Well, you know, as far as people stranded at the airports, I mean, you're, there's not a whole lot you can do um, waiting for your waiting for your flight waiting for the airplane to arrive so you can have your flight. That's going to be the other problem. And, you know, by the time, if they were supposed to leave at 10 o'clock this morning and uh, that flight probably left at seven o'clock and did two stops before it got to them, you know, they're going to be hours behind um, outside of just yeah having gates. Um, but that's the risk you take when you fly the airline, you know? Um, yeah, but it's a risk we've never yeah, been but used it's to having. Not to this level. I mean, this is two in a it's, row now, and this. Yeah, kid... I mean, the first one wasn't the FAA's problem; that was Southwest. No, but right. It, it's, you know, and and if you think about it, the airlines are their business is to make money, so they yeah. cut costs where they can, and their cost they've been limping along with these antiquated computer That's systems. Right. Yeah, and uh, it's going to catch up with them. The FAA's having the same problem. Been, I mean, every system in the FAA has been antiquated. Yeah, and so that's a shame. Not, I mean, you know. They have not invested in in runways. They have not invested in navigational resources. They have not invested in their um, systems. Um, but they do invest in people to come out and ramp check you on the airport. Right. Oh, how about that? <laughs> yeah. um, real quick, <laughs> looking ahead. Right. Not only did we try to educate people here and tell them about what's going on, offer advice. What's next? If this goes out now and you talk about how antiquated the systems are, Kevin, um, is this going to happen again? I think there's going to be a lot of things happen. Um, there's going to be where, where, where this is probably going to affect people long-term is going to be the, where they're going to add new mandates for airplanes. They're going to add new mandates. That's what usually happens. Something happens with their systems or something. And for example, um, Oh, maybe five, six years ago, they had a, um, um, in route, it's hard to explain, but an in route uh, system, and there were a lot more airplanes flying. So rather than updating the system, uh, they required owners, airplane owners, whether it be the airlines or private owners, to update their aircraft so that they could fly closer together. Well, you know, you got a big sky out there. They don't always have to be in the same. Exactly. Airway. Yeah. There's, there's many ways through GPS and things to change, but they put it back onto the owners of the airplanes to upgrade the airplanes so that they could talk to each other without a pilot so that they could uh, fly in a, a closer together. Well, before we let you go, how can people get in contact with Strategic Air Services if they're trying to buy a plane or if they're trying to park their plane here? Yeah, strategicairservices.net. Uh, uh, um, call up here. You can come by and stop by and have a tour. Works out. Kevin, we appreciate you joining us this morning. Thanks again, buddy. No problem. Do you have to go back to your workout now or do you have to find people flights? No, we're 
I, I have to work out now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, real quick before you go, Body, um, mind, spirit. our producer, tech guy, Scotty Gherkin, obviously here making sure everything's fine. You heard him sing last week. How oh, good is he? You should play that. Do we have it? <laughs> Do we have really a copy of it? Yeah, I have a copy. I hate that I missed out. I, I have a copy. This. We will play Scott singing in it, just a little bit. It was not easy to get him up there. Hey, brother, we appreciate it. Thanks for joining <laughs> us, man. It. I know you're busy. You can you can, you can, can leave. We appreciate right, it, man. Care, you don't man. have to stay here. You've given us your time. Thank you, Kevin. Right. And I want to tell you, I am done with commercial flying. It is strategic air services only for me. <laughs> Bingo. Wow. For it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> There's you know, an announcement. Tabitha is now has, has a she's jet setting. You know on what? I, I, I flew. She's got the money to do it. You know that's right, <laughs> hey, Kevin. I I had, I did fly. I did fly private from San Diego to St. Louis Sunday evening, and it was one of the best experiences I've ever had. Yeah. One of the best experiences. You know, one thing people don't talk about when it comes to flying private on a trip that long, San Diego to St. Louis, um, airlines fly in the thirty, say thirty five thousand. Yes. Feet, okay. Their pressurization system takes you down to about 10,000 feet. Yeah. A lot of these private airplanes will be at 51,000 feet on a trip like that, and the pressurization system will take you down to 5,000 feet. What that does to your body, you know, just think about being in the exactly. mountains at 10,000 feet compared to 5,000 feet for two, three. I felt feet. better. You feel better. You know yeah. what? I did. I felt better. And you know what else is interesting? The private one, the planes, they fly faster. They do. We were back in under three hours from San Diego. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. But it was amazing. Who, I didn't get. I didn't have to pay for that. But so now you're hooked. <laughs> I'm you're hooked. hooked. I, I am it. hooked. Appreciate it, my friend. All Thanks right. so much. Take care. I'm hooked. Uh, to Kevin Malutnik with Strategic Air Services talking about the disaster that is the airline industry this morning. But uh, apparently, flights are getting back up. The computer system is back up. Yeah. And now people get to wait and try to find their connecting flights and yeah. their baggage yeah. and flights to get wherever they're going. Yeah. Love it. Love it. <laughs> hey, um, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we've got a big show. But we've got a lot of housekeeping notes to take care of here first. Okay, coming up at 8.30, we are talking with Kathy Helbig of yes. Kathy Helbig Real Estate. If you have any questions, there's nobody who knows better than Kathy. She's going to be live in studio to answer your questions. Give us an update. It had been a while since we talked with Kathy. She's jumped in as a sponsor uh, to get us updated for the new year. It's 2023. It's here. What can you expect? What's really going on? Because everybody always seems to have some interest in real estate and the real estate market. especially I do. now I do. especially now coming up at nine o'clock you said this I is going to be an wait. amazing interview who do we got and why charlie strange Stephen luchelle joining us nine o'clock to talk about and of course charlie strange being a gold star father talking about seal team six and his son michael strange can't wait to talk to him and then coming up at 9 30 as if we weren't packed enough we're talking about it being another epic show here that's what we try to do on cancel the show.com um, we've got Owen Schroyer. If you don't know who Owen is, he's arguably the most hated millennial in America. Or at least he likes to talk about that because he's conservative and he's a man on the street going out to get the stories that nobody else wants to. He's a St. Louis native, a political activist and host of the Infowars war room. Um, I, I guess it, it's, I don't know. I guess it's banned in America. I don't know. He's going to come on. He's going to talk about why he does what he does, how he got into doing it. Uh, last week when we had Max Kostelak on, remember the 21-year-old Old Miss conservative Correct. podcaster? Yes. He said his hero was who? Owen Schroyer. Yes. So we checked into Owen. Owen said, yeah, I'll do cancel this. 
and we'll talk with Owen about what's happening in the country as well. We got a lot going on. Your comments as well. We appreciate you jumping in. Uh, we'll take a quick, quick break because we are going to be packed uh, for the next two hours. Scott Gherkins here, Eric Johnson, Tab of the Hassle. I'm Vic Faust. By the way, go to canceltheshow.com if you like what we're doing. There's a donate button in the upper right-hand corner. Uh, thanks for Julie Cantwell and Todd Bodecker jumping in to continue what we do. Donations of any kind to help keep the free speech going, to help keep this outfit going. We are grateful, grateful for the support. We grow by leaps and bounds on a daily basis. To, we'll give you those numbers. We'll have our marketing guy, Alex, bring those numbers on. Maybe we have him call in and talk about what you guys are making happen here. Uh, we're a national podcast live three hours right now. We're talking about changes to the show. We'll see. It's all about making us better. Um, politics, interviews, news headlines, society, of course, cancel culture, education. If you have stories that you think we should cover, let us know. You reading the headlines? And we'll no, miss no, Eric no. when he's gone. Just AOC's <laughs> latest thing. Oh, AOC. I'm sorry. Cancel the show.com. Please share the show on all of the links. Back with more right after this. Hey guys, welcome back to Cancel This, CancelThisShow.com. I'm Vic Faust with Tab of the Hassle. Eric Johnson taking a break. It's amazing. We all have our idiosyncrasies. For whatever reason, at the end of breaks is when Eric disappears <laughs> to go to the bathroom, get That's his so coffee, funny. have a smoke, whatever he does, make a call. Eric cracks know. me up. <laughs> it's like, Eric, we're coming back on it. He moses on out of studio, but that's what we do. <laughs> we're real. We're raw. We bring it to you. So you'll see Eric pop in when he's here. Scotty Gherkin over in the corner, getting things done today, putting a lot of stuff on him. Um, we've been promoting it. Um, thanks again for Kevin Malutnik from Strategic Air Services coming in and talking about what's happening with the FAA. Coming up in about 20 minutes or so, just over 20 minutes, Kathy Helbig. Arguably the top real estate agent in the St. Louis area coming in to talk to us about what's happening with the real estate market coming in for 2023. Appreciate uh, her support, her company's support, sponsoring the show, jumping in as we continue to grow and grow and grow on a daily basis. Uh, coming up at nine o'clock, we got Charlie Strange and the author Stephen Luchel of a book that they put together. Charlie Strange's son died. He was a member of SEAL Team 6. They went in and took out Osama bin Laden, but the story, that's just the start yes. of the story. Wait to hear what happens after that. And uh, then at 930, if it wasn't enough, Owen Schroyer from InfoWars coming in to join us, or actually going to video link in, going to join us to talk about, he's arguably America's most hated millennial, and he is a very, very popular man. We're going to talk to him about the state of the country. He's a St. Louis native, how he got into what he's doing. And how he would suggest millennials and younger people go about promoting their politics, their feelings in a culture where we know it can be very difficult, especially at a younger age. So with that being said, some other things that happened yesterday, guys, I'm not trying to be Mr. Conspiracy Theory, but on a daily basis, we're hearing about more and more younger people dealing with heart issues and dying. Case in point, yesterday, an Air Force football player up and drops out of nowhere again, and it was a heart issue. Now, have we had people pass away in the past? Yes, we have, but let's put this in perspective. If you're not familiar with Dr. Simone Gold, I suggest that you look her up. She recently released that 1,100 heart attack situations on field occurred over about a 38-year period. In the last two years, 1,100 more. 
two years from 11, just in the last two years with kids, 1100 heart attack issues to the past 38 years, 1100. What the hell is going on? Something's going on. The Air Force football player situation uh, was one that came to mind yesterday, guys. Something is going on. Well, we know there's something. I mean, it's every, aren't we hearing something about this every single day? Last week, an 18-year-old female UFC fighter passed away. Yeah. And we're only No hearing... cause of death was given. And I've talked about right. this before. We're, we're also now not being told causes of death a lot more than we've ever been told before. And it, it, once again, we can't guarantee anything, but it certainly makes you wonder why. Why is there such a hush over this, and why is it happening so often now? So what we're in now is in the data stage, okay? You, the media is not going to give you the truth. We know that. I just I was reading a, an article on Yahoo News that says people are the, there's a danger to the to our to the society now because people are blaming COVID vaccines uh, for for exactly what we're talking about for myocarditis. When the reality is, and this is coming from Yahoo News, a very liberal organization, saying the danger is that people don't get vaccinated. Well, okay, we're in the data collection. Uh, era of our life right now with COVID-19. You need, unfortunately, this is unfortunate, you need another 24 months, 36 months to put this in a spreadsheet to see how many people are getting uh, uh, cardiac arrest, how many people are dying. Let actual experts in cardiology look at the data and then they can tell us and then you can bypass CNN They don't know yet. I know they don't know. So because we, the trials we aren't know. over yet. Exactly. They are still in the midst of trials. The trials for these vaccines have not ended yet. Well, not the, just that. The but people were the guinea pigs. Not just that, but there are a ton of people. I don't know how many millions of people have the vac vaccine right now. But many if you, millions. But if you have it, if you're an athlete and you shouldn't be falling on, on the field dead because of uh, some kind of, you know, ex, you know, heart that has grown outside of its parameters, we're now in a stage where we can't make any decisions one way or another. You can't. Now, the... I would say that it's a good, it's a good, if it's you and it's your decision, I would say that, man, this is just me. If you're, if you're 90 years old and you haven't had COVID-19 yet, get the vaccine. You're out nothing. But if you are 20, you're out nothing. if you're out 20, your if life. you're 20 years old and you are, you have the rest of your life ahead of you and there are these stories and you don't know how this vaccine affects your health. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it because we'll get banned we, on YouTube. We, I'm, I'm, and I'm glad you stopped yourself at that. But you know what? Let me give you a sobering fact, Eric. 79% of Americans have been vaccinated. 79%. Okay. That means 79% of Americans could potentially face some serious consequences. Good. And once again, could. we've never, this show has never, even we're radio has never ripped anybody if any Absolutely of us have had not. the vaccine. We're just trying to bring truth to light, because as we know, um, national media does not cover the full extent of stories. You don't get all sides of a story. Hey, if you got in a vaccine and it worked for you, great. If you didn't, great. Um, if you feel it was right for you, your family, your situation, fine. But we're also bringing up, we didn't look for these stories that are post-COVID or post-vaccine or post how many ever shots um, anybody may be getting. We're just bringing to light news that is happening and talking about the full story, 
all the stats that you're not going to see on national news. And of course, you're not going to see on local because local really doesn't cover those stories national or they say they don't have the resources or whatever. You just don't get the full story. I know it because I lived it. I worked it. I dealt with the powers that be and could not succeed in telling the full story. Now we're dealing with this stuff and it's a reality. And no, we're not conspiracy theorists. And no, we're not looking for something where it's not there. Something's happening. Something's going on. And it's a reality. And just look at those stats from Dr. Simone Gold. Tell Doc she's wrong. Tell her she's a conspiracy theorist when the numbers are there, as Eric said. And I think you're going to continue to see it over and over and over again. Something is going on. Yeah. What are the consequences of a foreign object that's been put into your body, whether it's the polio shot? And I don't know. I mean, I've I've never been a big vaccination person anyway. I always thought the human body was the biggest uh, thing that could fight off anything. Now that's well, that's different for small. Doctor Fauci and, told us yeah. that back in the day too. Yeah, and like, it's so much more than just that. It, in my opinion, anyway, it's also a tracking system. Because guess what? When you go and you get a vaccine, guess what happens? They assign you a number. You're put into a federal database where they can track you. And I'm not saying track you yeah. physically, but you are tracked. They know your health history. They know you've had the vaccine. Yep. I don't want my name in any kind of database. And, and when we were doing this show and it was the war on COVID back in the day, there wasn't one person in this room that wasn't excited for the back then Trump administration's vaccine. Are you kidding me? Uh, there were Are some, you kidding me? Eric, there were some people excited you, Eric, and there no. were some people who were not excited. <laughs> why, why? Am I? Remember the Mandela effect? The Mandela effect when you thought you I was on. By the way, show. the VAERS reporting is Robert Peterboss on our chat line is compromised. It is compromised, but it's the best that we have to go with right now. Once again, not everything's going to be a perfect situation. Eric, did that give you time to, <laughs> to reset? The luck, I want to go back to this. To reset? I want to go back to this, Eric, yeah, because ahead. if you can recall, Back then, I called my blood magic blood. Do you remember that? Yes, you did. Because I had you were, magic I called blood. it magic blood. Was it because you had magic o? blood? Yeah. Was it because uh, you were type it, O? It was because I was I was type O for yeah, one, see, but also because I had COVID. I had COVID. I had zero symptoms, thank God. And I had the magic blood because what that meant is that I had antibodies in my blood yeah. already, yeah. and I didn't need to go out. And I'm not downing anyone that got the vaccine. It's a personal yeah. choice, quite what? honestly. Okay. It's a personal choice. But it no, is a personal I was never choice. excited. I about guess the that's vaccine. not even what this segment's about. The segment is about we're starting to get the postmortem of the data that's coming in. And now you can go, it feels a little creepy that if I had this thing and I play racquetball three times a week and I'm 29 years old, mm -hmm. am I is this something I need to worry about? Because cardiac arrest is not something that builds up like cancer over time. It's something that takes you that fast and it's more than cardiac arrest you know i friended a guy last night one of our listeners connected me to this person on facebook who has like he's going to he's having all these crazy symptoms and he's going through these trials of getting all of these tests done yeah. because they don't know what's wrong with him. he's dying and they have no idea why and it his symptoms are similar to als and what's so wild did is, he get vaccinated yes he and, did. Okay. and he's completely blaming that he, you know i'm not saying his doctors are but he's blaming it but i went back and looked after reading his comments how many people have been diagnosed with als since that used to be a rather rare thing to be diagnosed with now it's common and the, i think the challenge with the people like us on this show that I have because I try to be as truthful to myself as possible. I, I feel like I, I don't ever want to come into this show and feel like I know everything. 
the problem that we have is that we can be doctors up to a certain point, the point that Google lets us research. Absolutely. But when we, we need doctors in here saying what you're saying is absolutely accurate and it stems from blank inflammation, it stems from blank uh, allergic reaction, it stems from all this. So everything you guys are talking about is true. We need actual physicians who are not afraid yeah, that's to speak to about to well, speak to this. Well, we've stuff. had those all the time from Dr. Naputi, and who knows, we might have them on again to others. The other situation, and of course, Dr. McCullough, who is out there as head of everything. Um, I've heard this as well. Has anybody heard this? Robert says the blood of unvaxxed looks red, normal. Okay. Whereas if you've gotten the vaccine, your blood tends to look a little brownish. What? Abnormal. And other things. I've heard can that cause before, that but too. I have not seen that. What? So something else can cause that. Well, yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying that something else is causing it. I'm not saying that. I know that I have really bad asthma. Yeah. And one time I was really sick. I have a, I was having a, a asthma exacerbation. I was in the hospital and my blood was really thick and brown. Ooh. And they said that's because I had such so little oxygen in my blood. So I'm wondering if when people get this shot, if it's causing something with their lungs or some something in their blood because that means your blood's not fresh. It's not oxygenated. And I could see that causing some system-wide problems with your body. Now, we did talk about maybe it wasn't the vaccine that was causing this problem, but the actual disease itself. Do you remember that? When we talked about the blood clotting way back and you in the know day? What? And, I and I'm so glad you brought that up because I, I do know, not wide scale, but I have, I have talked to people who had actual covid and also had these crazy blood clots and heart problems. So I don't know if maybe it's something they're taking from the actual virus that they're putting in the vaccine and then putting it in your body. I, I don't. I would love to have a doctor come on and tell us what they're seeing in people who've had COVID. Exactly. We, that's the next thing we need to strive for is to get someone on the show well, we're that will actually speak directly to the problem and not worry so much about hey i said this in public that's that's easier that's right. said than done it is so much easier <laughs> because i've been right. talking to docs and off the record Vic. off the record is where you get a lot but i've talked about it before and i know we have new listeners coming to the show every day some of the country's top cardiologists flat out told me to my face something's going on there is myocarditis there is problems with hearts um, we just wish our health officials nationally didn't act like we know what it is because we don't know if it's COVID or the vaccine. But all we know is it started to happen after the vaccine was administered. Those are the words of top cardiologists in the country, not mine, not anybody else. These are the people. But of course, you have to be careful about what you say because you'll get canceled. And we just hope that platforms like ours give people a chance to come on and talk about those situations. Um, were actually cardiologists or worked in hospital systems or got out um, because um, one situation, I don't even think we got to it yesterday, was um, we had a Pfizer doc yesterday who, had, it, with all of the dumps that had been coming out on Twitter, even though this one wasn't a dump, um, had gone after people on Twitter who were questioning, just asking questions about the vaccine. That's you, crazy. What, so you can't even ask questions? Whether you wanted to get it or not, it was on social media. But we don't know if we think Twitter's changed from that standpoint when you don't have to worry about as much of getting canceled. Um, we're talking about it. We're not trying to cast judgment. We just want to have the conversations that we haven't been able to have in a public setting for a long time. I think another topic we need to bring up, which I think is completely 1 billion percent accurate, is this long COVID thing. If you do get these problems, whatever they are, I believe and, it's and legit. Like, yeah, I do what, too. Whatever they are, you could be you could be unvaccinated. A real deal. You could be unvaccinated, get COVID, get inflammation of the lining of the heart. You could. 
I think the next conversation is kind of dismissing all the other stuff we've been talking about a little bit and start to talk about, is this stuff going to resolve eventually? If you have long COVID, oh, are you in, are you in a world of hurt? You're done. Or is this something where you can come back from it? Do you see what's happening in China right now? I don't. Now? I don't. And I, is that? There are some. Nice long, life. The white, it's called white love. You were teaching me about this the other it's day. It's terrifying. And, it, and I believe this is truly happening in China. But you know what? I heard a new theory about this. Because for a while now, people have been saying, oh, it's COVID, COVID, COVID. In China, the cases are outrageous. And, and then all of a sudden, China lifts all of their COVID restrictions. I think they figured out what this really is, is I think it's 87% of the Chinese population has been vaccinated. And now there's this theory out there that their their immune system was broken down so badly by getting that shot okay. that now all of a sudden their, their immune system is very weak. And even the mildest form of COVID is leading to white lung. White That's lung? just a theory. What is white, lung? white lung is when you go and get an, a chest x-ray, your chest should look opaque. It should be clear and black. Okay. Now, when you have excessive inflammation or like severe pneumonia, it looks completely white. Okay. Completely white. Where it should be clear and black, it looks completely white. So and they refer to it as white Chinese lung. Chinese vaccination? Because they are they taking the Moderna and Pfizer stuff? Or is China um, I taking think, their I own? believe they have their own vaccination. That's a good question. I, don't I believe know. they have their own vaccination because they're asking right now if they can have our vaccination. You want that Chinese version, Eric? Dude, I don't. <laughs> if it's cheaper, <laughs> no, just good. Um, but that's that is something that you're going to start hearing so much more about because what's going on in China right now? Let's hope and pray to God that doesn't happen here. Let's hope it was because of their own vaccination and not the ones we use in this country. Man, it's scary. That's, but it is, let's 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 make no bones about it and to finish up here there are a lot of college kids that are just dropping dead and and international soccer stars and the ones we don't even know dead. about yeah and there are some that have dropped dead that aren't even attributed to any kind of it is and you can't just say well people die all the time no it is no not. <laughs> and they, they did i was in the media the for local media for 24 years something new is going on yes and it's not just because we have social media and oh well you see it more now no more young people dealing with stuff and all you have to do is talk to kids and young people who know others and they know people who are still struggling or somebody who may have passed away i have that in my own family it's very bizarre to see some of the things that are occurring we're just trying to educate help everybody out let's talk about the issues maybe there's something there maybe there's not but at least you have to have a conversation to educate yourself. You can't just go through life looking at the national news headlines or local news headlines. Have some in-depth conversations about it. You can't just go an inch deep and a mile wide. You have to freaking get in there and study it. These are complex issues. Not a lot in our society anymore is real black and white. There's a lot of gray. You have to sift through the issues. Um, vaccine, mask, COVID, all of that stuff was brought into our life two years ago. And now we're dealing with it, not only a local level, but on a national level as well. Not only from a medical standpoint, but from many other issues as well, uh, especially from finance. We're going to be talking about that coming up as well uh, on where where we're going with some of those things. Uh, Owen, uh, we've got Owen Chart coming in in a little bit. Um, he has a show that is on Infowars. Uh, Owen Schroyer is a St. Louis native political activist. He's going to give us an idea of what uh, millennials are seeing and thinking. Eric's always talking about the millennials and the gen uh, population. Um, and then also coming up uh, at nine o'clock, Charlie Strange, the father of a former Navy SEAL, SEAL Team 6, um, who was killed 
post Osama bin Laden raid, but that's just where the story starts. This is going to blow your mind. If you know anybody and you want to promote the show, now is the time to share the show. Cancel the show.com. We'll take about a minute or two minute quick break just to set um, the interview for our next interview to set the cameras for Kathy uh, Helbig, who's coming in uh, in regards to our, our realty interview we're going to have, but you won't want to miss Charlie coming up at nine o'clock. Tabitha is convinced it'll be one of the best interviews we've ever done uh, in regards to whether you have questions of trusting the government and imagine losing your son and then not getting the answers. By the way, also coming up tomorrow, uh, we're going to talk with Mark Schmitz. Speaking of losing your son, uh, Jared Schmitz, Lieutenant Corporal Jared Schmitz, who lost his life at the Afghanistan debacle at the uh, airport. He's going to join us tomorrow to find out if he's gotten any more answers uh, from the government. Another situation. Um, you, you can't make this stuff up. We're trying to bring you the best interviews we possibly can. That's for sure. Tabitha, what do you think is the biggest takeaway from Charlie that people are going to get? I, I think uh, the cover-ups that, that you see within our government, anywhere from if you have a son or daughter in the military and something happens to them, the government doesn't want to give you answers. Why did they cover up the death of Michael Strange? Why didn't they just come out with the truth? There has to be a reason for that cover-up. And then secondly, how the government can spy on us. When you have the NSA on your personal laptop in your home, watching you and taking photos of you with your laptop camera, that's insane. And they admitted they did it because Charlie sued the Obama administration. They went to court. And because of Charlie going to court and suing the Obama administration, and because the NSA and all these other organizations spied on him and his family, guess what? Obama made a law that said the government can legally spy on you because of Charlie's lawsuit against the Obama administration. No, I can't wait. It's wild. I can't wait for that. Also, if we have time today, I promise you we're going to do our best to show you some video of Scotty singing. That's right. Scott Gherkin singing. Can't wait. Um, or he could just sing here. I was sent the video. <laughs> uh, lead singer, Modern Day Zero, of course. Thank God One I of the best bands the ever. <laughs> It was fun, man. That that party we went to a party last Saturday, I guess it was Friday. Friday, and uh, all of a sudden we're drinking as many shots as Chris Knight could throw at us, and um, we turn around and there's Scotty on stage with a bunch of chicks and a violin, and I'm like, "What the <laughs> hell is going on here?" I was crying. It sounded good. It I really sounded it. good. I wish I could have been yeah. there. I of course, it. for people jumping in, we're a national show, uh, national podcast live. Uh, in the mornings through 10 o'clock, 7-ish, 8-ish, you know what we do. We start uh, bringing you the top interviews we can, news headlines, politics, society, and, of course, cancel culture education, giving people a chance to uh, focus in and talk about the stories that they've dealt with if they've been canceled. We've had several good interviews in a short amount of time in just over a month. If you know of anybody that's been canceled or for any reason, uh, we have seen that this has uh, gone across the political platform from independents to Republicans to Democrats. You name it, we are going to do it. We're going to talk to you. We're going to bring you those stories. Um, we're looking forward to that. Also talking about guests that are coming in. Monday morning, Eric, you have wanted this for quite some time. We're going to talk about the local news business. Yes. What's going on behind the scenes. Here we go. Um, we're. <laughs> I need some high heat. We're bringing Monica, Monica Adams is going to join us live Monday. Former uh, local news host, Monica Adams with Fox 2 and KSDK. She's going to join us Monday morning. We are going to talk about what's actually happening behind the scenes in these local newsrooms. Can we ask how, the how liberal Mike Bush is? 
<laughs> I can already give you that answer. Who's Mike Bush? Yeah, exactly. No, you can ask her anything you want. Right. Okay, hey, we're going to take a quick break. You wanted her. We got her back. It is Kathy Helbig time. Everybody thinks they know real estate. It's 2023. We're going to set the year off right. We're going to get into it. If you have questions, let us know. Jump in on the comment line. But our good friend, Kathy Helbig, coming in right after this. This is a quick break, so stay tuned. Invite everybody else in. If you have real estate questions, Kathy's the person. We'll let you know you get in contact with her and her team right after this. Share the show. Cancel this show.com. Scotty Girk and Eric Johnson, Tab the Hassle. I'm Vic Faust. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Cancel this. Go to cancelthisshow.com. You can check out all of our original content on our live AM podcast. Of course, broadcasting live out of the St. Louis area, all across America with listeners all across this great country that we have. I'm Vic Faust with Tab of the Hassle, Eric Johnson and Scott Gherkin. Um, can't wait to do this real estate interview that we have now, but we have a full hour of interviews coming up. We are on a tight schedule and it's one of my favorite people. Kathy Helbig Strict. I love it when Kathy shows up because everybody gets informed. We get educated and we feel better mm -hmm. about ourselves. We feel like we could go out and own the real estate world or at least something like that. We welcome in Kathy Helbig Strict, owner of Experience Real Estate Partners yes. of 314-276-SOLD. By the way, 314-276-SOLD. Kathy, welcome to the studios. We're so glad you're joining us right now. 2023. Here we go. What is, I mean, first of all, right out of the gate, um, you look great in our studio, by the way. We're so happy you're here. Wearing your blue. Huh? We love the blue. <laughs> That's right. Blue, yeah. black, and uh, white silver is what we got. Okay. Kathy, out of the gate, 2023. What are you seeing right now to start us in and break the ice? We're actually starting to see uh, traction again. Uh oh so, Yes. So things are changing. The roller coaster ride is back up, going back up. We've seen buyers come out in a little bit in December, really. We had a pretty, pretty strong December. Uh, that's usually, that's not unusual depending on our weather here. If we get really cold weather, then sometimes we have a, a slowdown. But this year with the rates, the way they were and the way it slowed down in the fall, we weren't sure what to expect to finish out the fourth quarter. But December was pretty strong. Um, I think buyers are getting to the point where they're starting to get used to the sticker shock of the rates going Don't back up. Don't say that. Oh, no. They are a little bit. They're coming back out. We're seeing some multiple offers again. So that's no. why I'm saying we're I mean, on yes, that. but no. We're on the cart ride back yeah. up the roller coaster, I feel, as we go into spring. Is there a trade-off? Is the price of the house have to come down to offset the uh, interest on the house? You know what I mean? It's like last year it was, what, 2.8, and the houses were really extended as far as the yeah. pricing goes. Now it's six point something. Does that right. offset itself somehow? Well, it seemed to be last year. That's what slowed everything down. So then that's what that's what pushed sellers to do some price reduction. So I just took a peek today, a really yeah. quick peek a couple of minutes ago. Um, there was as many price reductions in the last seven days as there were new listings that came on the market. Wow. Wow. So almost 400. So yeah. 400 new listings in the general area. I mean, we could expand that, but I'm talking about the general St. Louis market. Yeah. Had 400 new listings come on the market and like 360 yes. price reductions. Yeah. So yes, that did make a difference. That did propel some buyers to get back into the market. But really one of the big tools that helped, because we were locked up there for a couple of months. Mm -hmm. it, it really took a, a quick slowdown. Yeah. <clears throat> and sellers were starting to get nervous that they missed the market. Mm -hmm. 
buyers were getting hopeful, which is great because we did see a window of sellers having to reduce their price, yep. um, coming on maybe at a little bit better marketable price and then lasting a little bit longer in the market. So when that happens, then buyers have the ability to negotiate. Okay. So we started seeing uh, appraisals come back into play. Inspections are all back on the contracts mm -hmm. now. So we started to get it back to a normal. Yeah. Really, it wasn't a bad market. It was just balancing and getting back to a normal. Market. That's yeah. so interesting to me. My family, we're in the process right now, not in this state, because if we were in the state, we would be using you, Kathy Helping. You. But, but in other states, we have property we're selling yes. and property we are buying. And I've noticed the market is, it is different than what it would have been a year ago. Correct. It's really, it's yeah. really wild. So, and, and that wasn't a bad thing because it was getting a little nuts with, yes. well, what, you know, the, the average person couldn't compete. Absolutely. Do you feel like you're competing with the uh, narrative coming out of the government? It's all because I was like doom and gloom. It's like inflation way the heck yeah. up. And then you have a uh, Powell coming out and he's like, interest rates are going to shoot the roof. Yes. And if you're sitting there on your couch and you're watching this, do you not, do you think that some of it could have been, People just oh, are, are shocked by what they're hearing, not so much by the money. hundred percent. The headlines of just the interest rates alone. Yeah. You know, scared people off the right. market. And the thing is, is a lot of people don't understand that every time the Fed raises the rate doesn't mean that the mortgage rate goes up. Okay. So I've been on this press junket all fall long. Because it saying, is very confusing. It is very confusing. It was confusing for me, you know, in the industry. So it really took me going behind the scenes of the mortgage business and getting my mortgage license yeah. before some of that really started sinking in, even after I've been in the business this long. Is there a, is there a formulation, <laughs> a calculation? Because it seems like the Fed, what have they ra raised at three points, three full points, Yes, but the mortgage rates have risen like four or five points. So is there a calculation that you can make? I don't think there's a, a, an exact correlation to it, but to go back to the difference of why the headlines were scaring people is that when you hear the feds are raising rates, they're talking about the benchmark rate and they're talking about the short term, like the arms. So the arms were affected. Okay. Credit card rates were affected. Yes. Overnight money. Yes. Car loans, those yep. type of things. Yep. But sometimes, and I don't know the formula if there is one, mm -hmm. sometimes, and it happened a couple of times this year, when the Fed raises the rate, the mortgage rate drops. That's interesting. I would have, <laughs> what? So I would have that never <laughs> thought that. Kathy, yes. are you seeing a lot of corporations competing with home buyers, your average yes. home buyer? Because yes. we know these corporations, they are going above and beyond to buy properties to turn them Amen. into mm -hmm. investment properties. Yes. And it's very concerning to me because I see these corporations buying homes, sticking, throwing them out there on the market and, and then letting them sit there. They're collecting these mm -hmm. application fees and mm -hmm. Is it a challenge for you in this business right now? It's, yeah. it's a national question too. We're yes. we're a St. Louis audience. You're an expert Correct. here, but yeah, you know what's going on around the yeah. country. Absolutely. <clears throat> Wherever there was affordable housing, is where the hedge funds came. Yeah. So the institutional buyers, I saw it pre-pandemic. Yeah. They started. We we actually worked with a group that came into town, <clears throat> was buying properties. They they started with, hey, we want to buy twenty properties. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, that's how. That's where they started. And this again was pre-pandemic. So yep. they were coming in and making offers above list before we were really seeing that. So this was. They were ahead of the game. They were ahead of the game. And so, you know, as a seller, you're looking at, I've got a, a buyer that doesn't have to go through the loan process. Yeah. So I don't have to sit here mm -hmm. and wait for 30 days and holding my breath, hoping the buyer gets yes. their loan. Yeah. They're coming in saying, we're not, we don't need an appraisal because we're not getting loans. And, and we're experts enough to walk through and know if, if 
we think the house is worth it or not. So you don't have the appraisal contingency, which is where all that started. See these hedge fund buyers mm -hmm. came, yeah. coming in, taking those things off. And then the inspection was the next thing. We're not going to do an, an official inspection. We're going to walk our contractors, you know, our, yeah. our people that mm -hmm. work for us yeah. through. They're going to look at the big stuff. Yeah. They're going to decide renovation costs. And then if we need to adjust our offer at that yeah. point, we will. But there's not these long drawn out 10 days to do inspections, 10 days to negotiate, like all these things that scare a seller. Yeah. Because a seller truly doesn't know for sure that they have their house sold until you've checked all those contingencies right. off the box. And, the, the and, and for contract. you, it works because you're a realtor, but for the, for a society, it doesn't work at all because you have these guys that are inflating the prices of these houses right. exactly. and then it's deflating the, maybe the community. Exactly. It, it's like, there's a rental down there and there's another rental there. Now your property value yeah. has just, I mean, this yeah, is a bad thing. Just, and I said that like when it first started, I was like, Oh, I kind of got like a, I know we're representing some of them coming in, yeah. But then I have this check of like it's kind of like when Zillow came to the market, yeah. And everybody, all the agents, right. like, oh, let's advertise on Zillow because that's where the audience is. And it's like, man, we're like lambs to the lambs to the slaughter here yeah. over time. And you, I kind of started feeling that myself. And you're not, and well, you're we, not doing anything wrong as the real estate no, broker, as the real estate agent. That's, the rub. that's your job. Is your selling is, real estate? If I'm representing the seller, right? What's best for my seller? My it, seller's that's right. got an offer that's it, coming it in. It seems from, like there needs to be a law made. I'm sorry. It just sounds to me like but, there needs to be laws. Yeah. Because it what there it won't does, be any laws, though. No. But here's what it does. Here's what it does. It makes it makes rental prices go up. Well, exactly. It, because if I want to rent that house over there, yes. it's not $1,500 like it used to be in the old. Correct. That's a $2,700 rental now. Rent rates were rising faster than home. Exactly. Price. Boom. It, now you got now you got to pray to be able to but, buy a house that hasn't been already bought by these, exactly these the predatory so here's people. The other piece of it that I started saying, we kept saying all of this, you know, all of the the home inflation was due to supply and demand. Okay, and the supply and demand goes all the way back to the original Correct. home crisis mm -hmm. in 2008 yeah. when home builders went belly up. They stopped building. Right. They were bringing on. I, I think it was like. 10 million less homes a decade. I forget my numbers. It's been a while since I've talked about this topic, but way deficit for 10 years yeah. of bringing houses onto the market. So that's what's really started the supply and demand thing. So we started feeling that. And then we saw the buyer's market, seller's market flip. Then the institutional buyers were coming in and they're beating out yeah. all of the regular buyers because right. they don't have these contingencies. They're coming in higher. So it sounds great for the market, raising prices of the neighborhood. So on the other side, yeah. hey, I've, I'm, I'm a regular person selling a house and now my neighbor just That's sold right. for what? Now my yeah. house is worth like, so that was yeah. a, a benefit, okay? Yeah. But then I started thinking, wait a minute, you know, these people that are buying these houses, the institutional buyers, the majority of them, not all of them, but the majority of them were buying to hold. Yes. And their, their plan is like a 10-year plan. So now I'm thinking, how in the heck is that going to help our inventory crisis? That's, That's right. right when none of these houses are going to turn over in three to seven years, like they typically do a typical buying and selling yep. cycle, three to seven years, they're back on the market. They've raised, you know, maybe 15%. Yeah. The next buyers come in. So that's when I started really getting concerned about yeah. our yep. market. We're now. talking with Kathy Helbig, Strick of Experience Real, Real Estate Partners. By the way, you can get in contact with Kathy at 314-276-SOLD. That's 314-276-SOLD. Kathy, you're in the St. Louis area. Yes. I'm curious. And of course, we're talking to people across the country. What trends are you seeing in the St. Louis area? I get it all the time. What's happening in this area, that area? And it's something we always like to talk to you about. And 
if you see something happening across the country right now in a certain market? You know, as far as trends, you talk about buying and selling trends. You're yeah. talking about, yeah. So trends are we're seeing, we saw, started seeing more days on the market. We're starting to see sellers having to prepare their house for sale. Mm. So that I was done that Is this the same in all areas too? Whether it's I mean, Chesterfield, St. Charles, St. Yes. Louis, Jefferson yes. County. Yes. And there's always pockets of St. Louis that are hotter than of others. And, and St. Charles. There's pockets all over. So the hotter your area is, the more you can get away with okay. as a seller. But when we went into the frenzied market of the last 18 months, it was to the point where, I mean, you barely had to clean your house to get 20 offers on it. And so that was unusual for me because I came through a market. I came through the first crash. Yeah. We had to get people. Basically, I spent six months pre-listing time for years helping sellers get their house prepared for the market, bringing in their painters, picking their flooring out, getting their wallpaper down, bringing in stagers and doing all of that to make it perfect so that we could sell it yeah. within 30 days yeah. close to list price. I mean, that was the norm until all this frenzy happened. So that's the trend that I'm seeing come back is that now the expectation when, when the buyers really slowed down in the fall, now they're coming out going, I don't know if I want to pay seven or 8% for this house when it Amen. needs a new carpet yeah. and new wallpaper down or, you yeah. know, so that's a big trend that we're seeing. And I have something. Okay. Well then the question is, too. here's a question then we just talked about BlackRock buying everything on the planet or whatever it is. <clears throat> it, What's the what's the antidote to getting rid of these predatory buyers just buying way are building way more inventory because nobody wants to live in an apartment at yeah. $2,500. They want to buy a house, right. but they don't want to compete with these guys. Is there a point where these predatory and is it fair to call them predatory? They are predatory. Is Come on. Is or is it just capitalism? Say it's investors. It, it's predatory. <laughs> it's predatory you know? because they know what they're doing. The, the mortgage on that house normally would have been seventeen hundred bucks. Mm -hmm. Now it's twenty seven hundred dollars, mm -hmm. and they're yeah. never getting rid of it. Yeah. So you can't. What is your advice to someone that says, "I want to buy a house. I want to get there because before the price goes way out of whack." What What's your advice to them? Or is it like you're just screwed? You're just going to have no. to get in the game. No, and this was something that I was saying. We there was a a plan that people put into place last year when the rates went up that really has been beneficial for a buyer. So there's a, this timing and now we're getting in, we're going to be getting into the spring market. So we're going to see more houses come on. We're already seeing people come back out and, and buying. So we're getting uh, some houses with multiple offers. Some yeah. are not, Yeah. but the, the trick was getting buyers off the fence before it gets into the heat of the market again. And if you're sitting on the fence because of the rate, yeah. you can use a two-one buy-down product. Okay. And so what that is, is you're going in and saying, I'm going to ask the seller instead of negotiating on the price 100%. If he's been sitting on the market, maybe you can do both, yeah. right? But a yeah. brand new listing, let's say you go in and say, hey, I'll buy your house for X. If you buy my rate down for the first two years. So that's making making my the difference in the payment yeah. for the first two years of 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 two percent, then one percent on the on the second year. So you go into the third year before you adjust up to the full rate of what the market is right now. And in the meantime, they are predicting that rates will stabilize. And you go and refinance it. And then you go refinance it before. Yeah. Gotcha. So that came into play this fall when the market went ah, because oh, of eight yeah. percent interest rates. We started coming out and going, all right, we have a solution for you because now the sellers are not having 30 people down 
down their street in line waiting to buy the house. So they're more amenable to doing some negotiations of maybe providing this credit to you so that they can sell their house and you can get in and not feel like you bought at the worst time of the market for rates. Now, Kathy, I have a question for you. When, when in say, we know, we know we see it. We see a lot of people moving from St. Louis city (laughs) and even St. Louis County now out here to St. Charles County or here to Chesterfield Valley, Wildwood, et cetera. How does that affect the real estate market? Because you're having people leave their homes in the city, in the County and they're coming here and saturating the St. Charles market. Is that something you see as trending? Yes, but there's always people moving, moving in back and forth as well and moving back and forth, divorces, all kinds of things that keep people moving. But yes, we are starting to see less and less affordable housing because St. Charles used to be the go-to. Right, right. So the gap is closing a little bit. But I also saw that happen after the 2008 crash too because yeah. you, you used to be able to, well, predict. Where's the new yeah. go-to? Where's yeah. the new go We have go-to? a question yeah. from the Facebook Farther line. out. Uh, farther as out. As far as you can go. As far as you far can as go, though. the better prices you're going to get. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Wow, that's way out there. Hey, drive to Columbia, Missouri. There you go. Columbia, Missouri? You know there's houses the going up. just went there. I know Lombardo Home just launched there, so they they watch for those Does it come with a helicopter friends. pad? Because <laughs> that's the only way I'd move out there. Right, right, right. Kathy, question from the Facebook line. Are you seeing more mortgage buy-downs? And I know yes. your husband, Steve Strick, who's yeah. an expert in mortgage. We've had him on before. Uh, what are you seeing? What's that? Yeah, that's good a question. two-one buy-down, kind of what we're talking that's about. Are people, okay. paying, yeah. are people paying um, a point yeah. to get their rate down? And yes, 100%, that's, okay. that's what's happening. Right totally now. makes sense. Let yes. me ask you this. This is and this might you might just look at me like man just shut up I'm like that's how Tesla <laughs> looks at you I'm not yes. yeah I know I get that every day I'm so used to it. there's this thing called a barn dominium do you know what that is yeah what the hell see she just laughed at me I, uh, I love no it. okay all right is. I am so into this know. idea I'm have so I been into... in one no do I know what it is so yeah. what it is a is barn like dominium it, okay, I let me sure, let me explain no I just want to make sure people hear the word barn dominium dominium okay so here's what it is I think it is because I've seen some of these plans you know what this is. Okay, it's basically it's basically a big metal shed that they build for you for like thirty thousand dollars, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you go and you lay your concrete and you lay your pipe for all the uh, plumbing and all this stuff. I want to do that so bad. Farmhouse. Yeah, I want to do it. Shed, but but it looks like a mansion. It looks. Yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Who cares? (laughs) At that point, you take the house, but um. You lay the you lay the foundation, but the good news is you're really only looking for land, correct? Yes. Is that is that too elementary in thinking? Because I'm like, just get a plot of land, go get yourself I mean, a she land shed that allows barnuminiums yes. and that, she sheds to go up. Do you guys have I, a service? I actually had a I had a seller that we they moved to Florida, and she reached out to me recently, and they want to come back, which is kind of crazy because I've had several people. Clients move to Florida and come back. No, it's really, weird. yeah. So I'm like, what's, what's happening there? Okay, but yeah. So she called and she's like, "We want a tiny house. Can you help us find a tiny house or build a tiny house?" Yeah. Um, on land, we want yes. a lot of land. And I was like, "Never done a tiny <laughs> house before." So sure, that could be fun. Let's do it. But then the, the criteria was, I want to be in Chesterfield, Iowa, and I'm like, yeah. that's not gonna happen. No yeah. tiny yeah, houses yeah. No in tiny those houses areas. No tiny houses with HOAs. Okay. And then you have yeah. to deal with septic tanks, yeah. or you have to, and that can be very expensive. Well, let her, let her get to the yeah, yeah. let her get to yeah. the question. Is that possible? Sure. Do you have a if someone walks in your office and they go, I really want to do this project, 
Yeah. I don't need a, I don't need a McBride and sons. I don't, I just need somebody to yeah. give me the plans and do this whole thing myself. All I need is the land. Let's say in Weldon Springs. I don't even know where there's land available yeah. for something like that. Yeah. Is it something that you guys can help with? And is it cost effective? Well, yes and no. We can help with the land parts. We can help with anything. Like you can hire us by the hour. You can hire us for the project. Yeah. You know, is anybody going to be super experienced that there might be some agents right. that deal yeah. in the outskirts and the land that have done yes. one or two. I don't think there's anybody that I know of that that's a huge yeah. market for right. them, nor is it a, a big moneymaker market. Because you're looking penny, at the price, but yeah. it is doable. Yeah. As long as you're buying land in an unrestricted area that yeah. doesn't have subdivision you, requirements. You should do it, Vic. You could look like you live in a mansion. <laughs> and it and it really is just if a I mansion. did that, it wouldn't be any cheaper. By the end of it, somehow, <laughs> some way bougie. Exactly. it would be like two or three times a cost. Yeah, yeah. me exactly. too. I can't have the water feature. Yeah. Come on, man. And what about <laughs> a big a big strong wind comes through. <laughs> a lot of mirrors yeah. and crystal. Yeah. So real quickly, I want to go back to before we run out of time. Yeah. You know, when I was saying the trend is sellers having to fix their houses up now. We we actually just brought a product to town that we partnered with. And it's a fix now, pay later option with no fees, no interest. Wow. For sellers. That's amazing. It is amazing. Do you have to so qualify been, for this? At yes. A you have to have a certain amount of equity in your house. There's not, there's not a cap on how much you can spend. That's across the board. Cause there's only, there's one other, they call it like a listing concierge service. So there's one other um, brokerage and that offers a concierge service, but it's really just like the financing for it. They don't do the project management and there's like a cap of $45,000. This program that we got involved with, the cap depends on what your equity is. Okay. So I, fix now, pay that. later. Fix now, pay That's later. No fees, no interest. Now, can people, wait, can people call do, you yes, to find out more? But yes, once again, yeah, ask fix us now, about pay later. Revivify. That's our name for it. Revivify. Revivify. 314-276-SOLD. 314-276-SOLD. It can be as little as, you know, house cleanings and paint to major renovations as long as we're not building out or up. So I, can footprint. I... Can I clarify a little bit? Because I just want to make sure people understand. As an example, my family, we have a two-flat downtown St. Louis that we're getting ready to sell. Yep. It's almost completely paid for. So someone like that, you could you could come out. Yep. It would be based on the equity you've already paid into yep. your home. And that way you're not paying out of pocket to do all of these repairs. Mm -hmm. And then hopefully when you sell your home, yep. you're going to recoup those costs Correct. to pay them back. Correct. And you're so going to get more money. So what happens is they we go out, we do a market analysis of the house, we find out what the equity is, and then we do an after repair value analysis. And then we report and say, here's what we think they can get if they do the following things. And then Ooh, that's how they base. I yeah. love that. That's that may how they be, base it on. That might be the best thing I've ever heard. I know ever that's why coming want to miss it today. To the real estate market. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's phenomenal. Yeah. That is so, fascinating. Yeah. We've got a house under project right mm -hmm. now. We had, we had one, we started last month and then they ended up selling it before we could, we could get into it. But yeah, because what, what happens sometimes is sellers are faced with, they don't want to come out of pocket with money. To, to put into it when they're uncertain what it's going to sell for anyway. Because let's face it, no one knows what a house is going right. to sell for exactly right. until you put it on the market yep. and a buyer determines that. So, but the problem is if you don't do certain things, you're devaluing your house so much more yeah. usually than if you would just pay to do those things. Yeah. But it's a really tough 
rub for sellers to go, man, I'm selling my house. And now you want me, I've lived in it like this for 15 years. Now you want yeah. me to fix it up? Yeah. You know, but I've seen it. I've been through it in the first market that crashed. When you get to a point where there's not 30 people waiting, you need to be the, you need to be the diamond, not yeah. the diamond in the rough. Right. This right. isn't an, this isn't an easy industry, is it? No, I still know I have the passion no, for this to do what you do. When people say they think we're overpaid, I want to strangle them. I've oh, literally right. spent the last four <laughs> days Eric. of a seven day vacation no, dealing with stuff at home of a fire. You just can't go. Why are on vacation. vacation? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I know yeah. so many of my friends are real estate agents. And I'll tell you what, it is a 24 it seven. Is. It's a lifestyle it is. more than and, it is a job. Every deal is different. Every deal has twists. And There's no drama yeah. in real estate either, right? Oh, so much drama. <laughs> but it's well, fun. There's so many emotions. Is it fun? It's fun. And, and I'm a fixer. So even though I'm like, mm, my stomach's in knots over this stuff for the, <laughs> the last few days, I'm literally like, I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. I'm fixing this yeah. problem. But I'm you're, you're so, happen. and you're so knowledgeable that you make it easy. You know, I've known several people that work for you and yeah. they say you make it easy. That makes all the difference in the I world. I try. I mean, when you've been around doing it 25 years, you have more things that go wrong that you learn from because that's really how you learn. And there's still stuff like. Well, you're the queen of real estate in the St. Louis area. You right. certainly set the standard. Everybody knows Kathy Helbig. That's for sure. Thank now you. Kathy Helbig Strick. Yeah. You're going to be joining us more frequently on yes. Wednesdays. We can't be more excited to have you. Hopefully you had fun. This I love is a, it. This is a great setting for you. I love talking you. real estate. Well, there's so many. I yeah. Vic always he always shoes me. Always like stop talking, asking so many damn questions. <laughs> because we I, could get us, I could go another twenty five rounds with exactly. you. I got so many damn questions. Right. It's unbelievable. And that's why leave them wanting more, Eric. Leave them wanting more. I don't more. want you. I got questions. Next Wednesday. Ready. Okay, fine. Maybe, yes. Kathy Helbig Trick. Once again, you can get in contact with Kathy at three one four two seven six sold three one four two seven six sold. Experience Real Estate Partners. Kathy, we love you. Thank you again so much. Thank I know you're you racing so off. Uh, have an awesome day. Yes, excited to be here. Thank you. All right, Kathy Helbig Strict. Once awesome. again, we learn a ton from Kathy. Real quick uh, question for our producer. Scotty, do we need to take a quick break before we come back on with Charlie Strong? Strange. Or Charlie Strange, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah we're going to take a minute break. We'll take a quick minute break. We'll come back with Charlie Strange and the author of his new book as well, Steve Luchel. Can't wait. Tabitha says this interview is going to blow you away. He's the father of a SEAL Team 6 member who was killed. But that's where the story just begins. This Yikes. will blow your mind. This is canceltheshow.com. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us. Quick break, about a minute or so, and we'll jump back in with Charlie right after this. And welcome back to Cancel This, canceltheshow.com. You can check out all of our original content there. We are rocking and rolling as we always do here. Scotty Gherkin on the boards. Eric Johnson, Tab of the Hassle. I'm Vic Faust. We appreciate you making the show so popular in just over five weeks. I'm sure we'll be telling you what you guys are making happen here. Of course, we're a national podcast broadcasting live out of the St. Louis, Missouri area, and you guys are continuing to share the show. We love it. We thank you. We also thank Kathy Helbig-Strick for joining us to give us an idea of what was happening on the uh, real estate game. Um, once again, coming up at 9.30, Owen Stroyer. Can't wait to talk to him. He is arguably uh, America's most hated millennial uh, conservative talk show host. Can't wait to join him to give us an idea of what he's doing. But right now, the interview that Tabitha said is can't miss. Uh, we welcome into the show um, Charlie Strange and Steve Luchel, the author of his new book. And I wanted Tabitha to set this up. Gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. Cancel the show. Tabitha, let everybody know what the importance of this interview is. Absolutely. Charlie, you know, I've interviewed you before. You're fantastic. And I'm so sorry, again, for the loss of your son, Michael Strange. 
and, and the in the ordeal you have been through, you have a book called Relentless that you and Steve Buschel have co-authored, from what I understand. A wonderful book. I've read it. Your son, Michael Strange, part of SEAL Team 6, was killed in action in Afghanistan on August 6, 2011. And when his Chinook helicopter was shot down, allegedly shot down, and from there, of course, and that's where Extortion 17 comes from, the call sign of that Chinook was Extortion 17. Can you tell us your story? Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you for having me on. And uh, my name is Charles Strange, Gold Star Father of Petty Officer First Class Michael Strange, killed August 6, 2011, with 29 other brave Americans and barked the warrior dog. It was the biggest loss of life in Iraq and Afghanistan, the biggest loss of life in the history of America. 22 guys were from Dev Group, Navy Special Warfare. Uh, we're from Philadelphia, and me and Michael used to run the Rocky Steps. He, uh, he would keep on running them. I made it maybe once. Um, <laughs> joined the military young, you know what I mean? I didn't want him to join the military. He turned 18. He joined. I said, all right, do the four and get out. And, but he really took off in the military, and um, he was a cryptologist, a code breaker, um, he learned Pashtun and uh, Arabic, and uh, he was physically fit, like, uh, you know, uh, three to five percent body fat. So he was uh, could like run from Philly to Canada, you know what I mean? And um, after two years, he was put on SEAL Team 6, the gold squad. He gave him uh, some money, he bought a home in Virginia Beach. It used to be a secret place over there in Damn Neck, Virginia, um, until Leon Panetta took a bunch of people from Hollywood down there to make the movie Zero Dark Thirty. And he loved what he did. He loved his country. He loved his family. There was a lot of bad things besides 9-11, Boston bombing, uh, San Bernardino attacks here in America people don't even know about. And... Um, he um, called me April 2011, and he said, Dad, you're not going to uh, hear from me for two weeks. I said, what are you talking about? And, uh, you know, you as a father, you're worried, like, what's going on, da-da-da. And uh, me and him had a little code going on, and because uh, they would question my son. They gave him a lie detector test every three months, and uh, they were listening, you know, and... Um, April 2011, so he shuts down. He says, but Dad, if something happens, you're going to hear about it. And then May 2nd, you hear about it, the killing of Osama bin Laden. And uh, he comes home in June. It's his birthday, June 6th, D-Day. He turns 25. And he grabs me by the bicep. And he says, Dad, you wouldn't believe what's going on in this country. And he used the F word a few times, and he started pacing. They talk, start talking about a will. Eight years in the military, I'm like, why are you talking about it? Will, what's going on? Da da da. Don't work. Da da da. And he told everybody: his sister, brothers, uh, and Maggie, his mom. You know, friends. We had a big party for him. And um, 93 days after the Bin Laden raid, that's when he died, August 6, 2011. And um, there's there's a lot of questions about what happened. Um, first off, uh, you know. May 2nd, 2011, they killed Bin Laden. May 3rd, Joe Biden at the Ritz-Carlton in Delaware announces to everybody, SEAL Team 6 killed Bin Laden. SEAL Team 6 killed Bin Laden. What do you do? Nobody ever heard of SEAL Team 6. Robert Gates was Secretary of Defense. He comes out publicly. No, no, no. It's in his book. He came out on national TV. It was the military. 
And um, we go to this debriefing after my son dies in October 2011 down in Damnack, Virginia, all 60 parents. And uh, a guy by the name of General Jeffrey Colt does the investigation in two weeks about how 30 men die. And um, it was a horse and pony show. And they actually had to, had the audacity to say it was an RPG 100 yards in the pitch dark. It was a lucky shot. And I stood up. I was like, I said some words. I said, lucky all our sons are dead. Are you crazy? What's wrong with you people? You know what I mean? And uh, some some people grabbed me and um, they gave us a folder that when we were leaving and you don't look at it right away. A few days later, I look at the folder. I open up and there's a couple pages in there, but there's a disc in there. And uh, the 25 pages they gave us, you could read the first page, you could read the second page, but then you couldn't read no more of the pages. There was no ink. There was no toner. It was blank. And I called up Sean Pibus, commander in chief of CENTCOM. He said, Charlie, I got a lot of complaints about that. I said, send me a new one, Sean. He said, I can't. We burned it. I said, you burned it? So you put this disc in and all these little blocks pop up on your computer. And uh, after about eight, nine hours, my wife and four Red Bulls figures out how to download the uh, disc and 1,364 pages come out. But the disc was encrypted and um, it came up. We didn't have a camera on our computer. My wife's picture came up live time. Like while she was sitting there, all of a sudden I hear my wife screaming. I come out, what's the matter, what's the matter? She said, they took my picture, they took my picture. And they binged it off of something and threatened her with the FBI 10 to 12 years. And I was getting text messages, 001, 000. And I called Verizon up, I said, I keep getting these text messages. Who's that from? And he goes, you don't know who that is? I said, no, he goes, that's big brother watching you. But in that 1,364 pages, uh, there was a lot of information about what happened to my son and them guys. And, uh, with them tapping my phone and my computer, I reached out to Larry Clayman. Larry Clayman started Judicial Watch, and um, it was on Channel 3, 6, and 10 in Philadelphia about the NSA. We go to we go to Washington, D.C., the third highest court in the country, right? Judge Leon. Obama and the NSA bring in 14 lawyers. Edward Snowden's lawyers there. The NSA, Mr. Gilgan, he's representing Obama and the NSA. He says, we do not spy on the American people. Mr. Strange is a gold star father, son's American hero, da-da-da-da-da. My lawyer stands up and he holds up the newspaper. He says, right here, last week, Your Honor, 12 employees from the NSA fired for spying on their spouse. So we win the case. Obama talks about us on, on, on national television before he goes on vacation, the NSA case with our families. And um, we go to the second highest court in the country, three judges. And uh, we win that case. And then they change the law that they're allowed to go and get your computer and go into your phone. And because uh, the judge Leon asked, when did you ever stop a terrorist threat to any Americans? You know, and uh why would you go after a cold store father? That's just asking questions. You know, I was looking for a congressional hearing. Um, in them 1,364 pages, I was putting them up on another website. And that's how I met Steve here to help me write the book, Relentless, Gold Star Father's Pursuit of the Truth. And um, Steve will tell you about a few of the things he's seen in them 1,300 pages. And um, 
Yeah, Steve, jump in right there. Important to note that, you know, the Bin Laden raid, which Michael was on in May, um, immediately after that, uh, and there's in the 1360, it says that the Taliban planned to travel to the Tangine Valley uh, to possibly shoot the aircraft. So they knew the Chinook was coming days after the Bin Laden raid. Not only are we questioning Extortion 17, we're questioning the Bin Laden raid as, as well because two of them are linked together um, based on that information. You know, Charlie might want to talk about this, this serve in silence. Michael wasn't able to tell Charlie really. Um, so he's go, really going off of the 1,364 pages that he got on that disc. Um, I believe that there are pages that are the Colt investigation, uh, the the raw data, which when, when you read through the pages and the paperwork, and I haven't yet, Charlie's Charlie's been the one to kind of hand select the, the the information that we um it it tells a very different story than the than the from Colt which Charlie talked about at the Little Creek debriefing. So something there's a bunch of things that aren't adding up. Charlie, you want to give some more examples? No, it really doesn't, Stephen. And, and we appreciate you adding that for what uh, you get. We have little problems with you cutting up just a little bit, but I think we got the gist of what's going on from that standpoint. I guess the sure. question, it's always been with me, is what's what happened? Why did, if you think that that Chinook was shot down, why are you going to take out a bunch of SEALs um, that basically did that patriotic sh you know, shot her around the world when they took out Bin Laden. What was it that, why did they have to shut them up? What was the problem? I, I believe the uh, Taliban, Karzai, some of the contractors, there's a lot going on between the Gold Squadron and the CIA. Am I allowed to mention CIA on the program? Absolutely. Uh, and uh, as you can see well now, right, this came out in the news with the uh, Congressman Tom uh, Massey, you know, investigating these uh, FBI and uh, these uh, three-letter alphabet agencies. Um, besides all the heroin coming, all the illegal stuff going on, my son, like I said, when he would go into the NSA, him and another guy, they would wipe everybody out and you'd never seen these guys. So these men see what were going on in this country. For my son to grab me after the Bin Laden raid and say, Dad, you wouldn't believe what's going on in this country. Well, did he ever tell you what it was? Excuse me? Did he ever tell you what it was? What was the nah. chance? He, he never did. He couldn't. He can't. He was swore under oath that he would not. Totally it, yeah, classified. And it's, and it's classified. And, you know, we let's go back to, to Joe Biden. Joe Biden should have never revealed classified information that put the lives of SEAL Team 6 in danger. He had no business telling the public that SEAL Team 6 was the team that went in to take out Osama Charlie, do you think that was just Biden being Biden? We know he hasn't shown to be the smartest guy in the world, or do you think there was something nefarious directly intended about that message of SEAL Team 6? Uh, well, everything that's coming out about the Biden family and um, and everything that was going on in 2011, 2012 with, with, with our country, uh, I, maybe it was, you know, he was setting it up, you know what I mean? Maybe he was putting it out there, you know. The Taliban, after they killed my son, a half hour after they killed my son and all them guys, 
were bragging over the internet, we just killed SEAL Team 6. How'd they know who was in the helicopter? They knew. I, I will firmly believe, and it's only my opinion, it was a setup. And Charlie, I am so sorry that you lost your son. What a hero. And that you've had to deal with so much of this. And you know, you and, and you you and the reason why your book is called Relentless is because you are relentless. You relentlessly went after the NSA and the CIA and all these organizations that were spying on you. So we, we had a uh, at the National Press Club in Washington, D.C. Uh, early 2012. We had Alan West, General Boykin, General Valet, Navy SEALs and 30 to families. There had to be 100 TV cameras. Obama said, if one one station plays this, you will lose your Pentagon uh, pass for the press press pass to get in. That's how you, if I'm just a construction worker, lost his son, gold star father asking questions. You can't answer my questions. You know, I, I went to the Pentagon, uh, me and my wife, we weren't allowed to bring any other gold stars. We met a guy by the name of Gary Reed, who was Chuck Hagel's right hand man, who took over for Leon the Snake Panetta. Him and two other chuckleheads came in, three star admirals and generals and, uh, they brought us in with machine guns into the Pentagon and we're talking and I'm telling him about these 1300 pages. And he's like talking over me. He says, you can't believe everything you read on the internet. Da, 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 da. And I pull out what Steve just said. It was May 11th, 2011, right? Nine days after my son got killed. It says that a hundred Taliban planned to come from the blank Providence to possibly shoot down the coalition aircraft in the Tangine Valley. Where did my son die? Tangine Valley. Wow. He starts looking, him and the other guy, right? The other two gentlemen. And uh, then I send, there were six IEDs around the landing site. Who picked the landing site? And then I'm looking, and they're looking at the pages. They said to me, where'd you get this? I stood up. I was like, what do you, what do you mean? Where did I get this? You didn't read the report? And they said, we read the 25-page report. We didn't read the 1,300-page report. And then I tried to reach over the table and grab him by the neck. And the guys with the machine guns grabbed me and took me outside for a while. And, uh, you know, the evidence is here. Like I said, I wasn't in the middle. Six I Taliban under the trees with night vision goggles, motorcycles, machine guns, walkie talkies, cell phones. There was Taliban up on the roof. Actually, when the helicopter's coming in, the, the pilot, God bless him, he says, yo, there's activity on the roof. And the Afghans who answer back because of the rules of engagement, which have been changed six times in Afghanistan by Barack Hussein Obama, right, more than any other president that changed the rules of engagement, said they're hanging crops at three o'clock in the morning. Now I'm from Philly. I don't know many much about crops, but I don't know who hangs crops up at three o'clock in the morning. If that ain't a red flag there, yeah. you know, um, Charlie, your son's a hero. You're a hero for what you're doing. Steve's a hero for writing this book, uh, Relentless. Uh, if people want to learn more about this, they can certainly jump in. I'm curious when you talk about being spied on yes. and living it, realizing it, proving it, how do you feel today? What is your life like right now? Are you always looking over your shoulder? Well, we always always looking over our shoulder. We're, we're from Philadelphia. You know, we fight back. You know what I'm saying? We're from a pretty rough neighborhood, blue-collar workers, construction workers. Plus, I hang out with Bill Brown, Drago, Rob O'Neill. Um, 
Yeah, Jonathan Gilman from Newsmax. They, you know, they come to my home, visit, check on me. Uh, me and Bill Brown been speaking publicly in a couple different bar restaurants about everything going on. Uh, we got him speaking the first Thursday of February at the Lehigh Valley Tea Party, Berks County Patriots, and, and about our First Amendment being taken away and about the spying. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, what's going on in the country? Why are you know, why is uh, everything going on here? I mean, if you don't think our country's turning communism, look at all the cameras all over the, our country. There's cameras everywhere. Who has cameras everywhere? China. Look at the price of eggs, six bucks a dozen. Uh, look at the fentanyl that killed thousands and millions of Americans in the last few years. You know, uh, if you look before we went in Afghanistan and what, what now, how much poppy we get from from there. You know, we went from getting eight percent of the poppy to to ninety eight percent. We don't have that many people on morphine. Yeah. You know, what I'm saying like the the Washington D.C. with these contractors, you'll hear about me again in about another ten months. We got three hundred gold star families going against some of them contractors. The Bank of Pakistan, Hababi or something it's called, and the Bank of Iran where they were washing money. With the contractors, just like Blackwater and them, some dirty people, they need to be held accountable. Yeah. So do you have a chant? Do you have a, a theory of what's going on? I mean, it sounds like it, it, every every guest we have on and we have we have a lot of people who are kind of in the know. Uh, what's what's going on with our government? What are, what's the final thing that they're trying to accomplish? <sighs> Control one world, one world order without a doubt. I mean, you know, you look, you just had that real estate lady on, you know, I mean, look what's going on. You know, they're going to tell you when to work, where to work, how to work, how much money you're going to get. I know Philadelphia is the worst it's ever been in the history that, you know, where, how I grew up, it was, it's nothing like that. Philadelphia. How did you guys, how did you guys know Fetterman? How did you guys vote for Nobody voted for Fetterman, man. I'm serious. I, I finally get someone to talk to you about it. How did, what was you, the thinking of you putting a guy like that into the no, United That's States funny, Senate? but it's also scary. It is. It's, did you know Fetterman got 1.7 million votes a week before the election? Yeah, the, yeah, the pre-voting stuff is crazy to me. But what it's just—it's unbelievable that our some uh, one of our states in this country put a guy that looked like Uncle Fester from uh, the great state where that you're from into the into the United States Senate. I just cannot figure it out. I guess that's another conversation for another day. But the total socialist guy, like you said. So, Stephen, I have a question for you, Stephen. How did you feel when you met Charlie and he explained this story to you? And you were writing this book and seeing what our government is capable of. Not only are they capable of covering up something so wild, but they're also potentially responsible for leaking the information that led to the deaths. And then they're, they're responsible for spying on Americans and not just the cameras you see, but the cameras you don't see. Well, I look over my shoulder every once in a while. That's for sure. Especially after because, you know, Know, what we're doing is exposing some of the biggest lies in in our name. You know, when you look look at Osama bin Laden and Extortion 17, the largest loss, and it was we believe it was a setup. Well, who set them up and why? So that's the question that we're trying to solve. 
And will we ever have answers? And Charlie, thank God you're out there fighting every day to get these answers because it's not just for you, but it's for all of us. Yeah. We don't ever want to see 30 men die in one shot. You know what I mean? The rules of engagement. Why were they put in the 1962 Chinook helicopter? You know, how come there was three eyes in the sky, right? From the 1300 pages, you know, the, you know, the sensors to, to watch everything. Well, you I know think I, mean? I, I feel like there's something you have to like. That I think, they, I think the government has culpable deniability by doing something like that. They can. It's not like a book like yours coming out. It almost feeds into the whole conspiracy narrative as far as the press and the government's concerned. It's like, oh, they're putting out this silly little book and it's it's another conspiracy. But that's really not what happens. And until the American people wake up and go, these aren't conspiracies anymore. This is the these are facts that then I don't think anything's going to change. I mean, they put the Patriot Act underneath our nose. And that was kind of the, pre, the prelude to all of the stuff mm -hmm. we're talking about today. So my question is, will it ever stop? Or are we on a track, like you just said, to this new world government that we're on on pace to be in in a very short period of time, which is a shame. So, um, no, I'm, I'm very concerned. I can't wait to read the book. I, I cannot wait to read this thing and, and see, you know, what your bent is and how maybe uh, these patriots kind of what they could have given when they, you know, just That's after a, their death. Yeah, follow up on your kind of question. I think you were asking them, you know, what's going to happen next are you concerned for seal team members or america's elite forces our military right now with what you see charles charlie oh, oh, our military is falling apart like you wouldn't believe i was just down fort polk in louisiana two months ago all the young men that you know patriot young guys are going to do eight ten twelve years you know get that for the college and get so you can get the government job all getting out it's so bad with our military. I don't think the American people know that our military pays for the transgenders if they want to change whatever, you know, from the he to she or whatever they're doing there. You know what I'm saying? Like, That's who right. okayed that? Well, who, Trump, who? Trump was against it. Biden reinstated it. And I want to make sure people know, because people may not know this, they're renaming military institutions. Fort Bragg is actually now called Fort Liberty. They're renaming their, it's a woke society. It's killing our military. It's putting us at risk. Our entire national security is at risk with the Biden regime in charge. Oh, it's bad. It, it, it's our military is the smallest it's ever been. And uh, what's going on with, with, with everything with the wokeness, man, is, is unbelievable. Uh, yeah, my buddy, 19 years, putting his time, his card in God is mad, my buddy's daughter. I, I mean, I'm telling you, uh, it, we're we're in we're in <laughs> we're in big trouble in this country, and you can say it. You know, uh, President Trump. I, I met President Trump twice. He asked him to bring 20 gold stars to the White House. Uh, they put in the Philadelphia newspaper. Philadelphia, gold star family goes to meet the Trumpster. And uh, it was a half decent article for Philadelphia, but I got about 80 text messages, me and my wife, tell them to stop tweeting, tell them to stop tweeting, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. He was great. Man, I gave him some of the 1,300 pages, right? Because I, I said, look, I'm a little nervous talking to you, Mr. President. Can I, you know, pull out my papers? He said, yeah. And I started reading them. And he took them out of my hand. He said, can I read these? I said, yeah. And he read them for like five minutes. He said, oh, my God. And he said, can I keep these? I said, absolutely, Mr. President. And he goes to a Secret Service guy, make sure I get Mr. Strange's notes tonight. 
And about eight months later, the Department of Justice opened up an investigation for a congressional hearing. But if you call up and ask about extortion 17, they go, we're looking into it. Click. We're looking into it. Click. And, uh, you know, President Trump and, his, and the first lady. How did the Patriots get this country back? I, you you just talk, opened the segment about running up the Rocky stairs at that library. Uh, how do you guys foresee the, becoming Rocky and getting in shape and getting this thing, this country put back together? If it is true, everything you're saying, which I totally believe it is. But how do you feel that the, the American people get this whole thing back in shape and on the right track? I believe speaking up, speak up, stand up. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like you know, Steve did join me to help me write this book. Bill Brown, these other gentlemen. You know, you hear Drago's coming out with a book. You guys know about Drago. I'd like yeah. to get him yeah. on your show, right? Well, Paul, from Poland, did two years in prison. Uh, you know, we have him speaking different events. Me and Bill Brown uh, hitting these. How did, how did Martin Luther King start? Right? He went from little chapel, little chapel, little chapel. Right? Yes. Um, that's what we're doing in, in Pennsylvania. You know, Trump won in Pennsylvania. Me and my wife must have spoken 18 different, uh, like different, uh, patriotic groups. And, and there's no way he lost, you know what I mean? Just like you asked about Fetterman, there's no way he won. That's right. You know, there, there's, we got to stop the mail-in ballot. And, uh, you know, we got to definitely, I know Alan West is looking into that, uh, with his group down there, um, you know, I believe everybody's got to come together. We the people, you know what I mean? I met Kid Rock in August uh, with a couple of seals. And, um, you know, we got to stand together, man. Um, so that's 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 what we've been doing in Philadelphia and the book. And uh, I think we will overcome. It's just going to take time. And, uh, you know, don't back down. Don't back down. I, I got seven grandchildren in the schools. The, the CRT shit is like driving me nuts. They just got voted out in Bucks County in, in Philadelphia. You know, the, the the parents won. It was a huge meeting the other night. And, you know, uh, leave, leave the gender stuff out of teaching. Charlie, <laughs> we appreciate Santa Claus. Charlie Strange. Steve Luchel. The book is called Relentless. Once again, as Relentless, we appreciate you guys for joining us. Thank you so much for jumping in on Cancel This Show. You guys are all about what we're about. If you have ideas for other guests, let us know too. Steve, we appreciate it. Charlie, have a great day. We love you, man. We're praying for you and your family as well. Thanks and we're going to post the link to your book on our page. Thank you. Thank you. Up on Audible now. Amazon, $20. Appreciate it. Easy read. It'll blow you away. The 1,300 pages are in the book. Some of the 1,300 pages. It, that's what they gave us. The government gave us. This ain't, you know, conspiracy, no, nothing like that. This is, you, you read it, you'll be like, Jesus. Wow. Well, you guys are heroes. Thanks again, man. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. All right, Tabitha, I, I'm, I'm grateful for the interview. I got chills. I got angry. I My had blood chills was boiling. the whole time. Uh, you name it. I was feeling the emotion and the worst part about that situation is the fact to know that somebody that's more powerful than you can still look at you and come after you and check into your stuff and spy on you. And you, you really can't do anything. And then they say that they didn't don't do that. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, that's, that's the thing. That's, that's the ultimate creep fest 
is yeah, when you absolutely. know when you know it's happening. And it's cameras you don't see. That's where that's the important part. Did you did you hear the part he said? Yes. That there was no camera yes. on the laptop. How does that happen? Because it, on purpose. Yes. So that means just because you buy a laptop that doesn't have a camera doesn't mean there's not a camera in there. Yeah, we've talked about that. Your before. television, you don't see a camera on your television. Well, guess what? That look again, like, in uh oh. <laughs> very horrible. That's very horrible. I'm going to be posting the link right now to our to our page, and I'm going to post it again after the show. Buy the book because I'm telling you, it will blow your mind away. We have to have him back on again because I'd love to. There's even so much more he can talk to us about. Well, Charlie Strange is his name. We appreciate it. Thanks for joining us, Charlie. And this continues our show with canceltheshow.com. Uh, coming up, he's going to be linking in with us. If you thought that was an interesting topic, just wait to hear what's next. I told you we had a massive show as we welcome in Owen Schroyer, arguably the most canceled millennial, hated millennial in America, <laughs> at least by the liberals of the war room on <laughs> InfoWars. Owen, we appreciate you taking time. Welcome back home, at least from a St. Louis standpoint. You're a St. Louis native. We had a 21-year-old podcaster in studio last week. He goes to Ole Miss, and Eric asked him, who's your hero? And he said, Owen Schroyer. How's that make you feel, man? It makes me feel great. I remember the individuals that I used to listen to on the radio when I was first inspired to go into talk radio. And so that means everything to me. And as you guys know, part of the reason why we do this is so people out there aren't uninformed and are inspired to stand up for the truth, stand up for what's right, understand the situation our country is in and how imperative it is for all Americans right now to find their role in saving this country if they value their freedom. And when I hear about young people inspired by what I've done, it, it really makes it all worthwhile. Yeah, because we always talk on this show. Where show's called Cancel This, and basically, I'm I'm the oldest guy in the room. But I've I remember this country when it was normal, <laughs> and I, I I come into this room every single day thinking this has nothing to do with us. We can talk about cancel culture all day long. It's this really comes down to people like you who have to go out there and change the minds of people your age. Do you do you agree with that? Yeah, and that's because. All the propaganda is so overwhelming and it gets worse the younger you are, right? I mean, the younger you are, you talk to a 20-year-old now, it's going to be worse than talking to someone like me who's 33. The stuff yeah. that they've seen in school, uh, I mean, now you got right. the drag queen sexy time for kids. I mean, that stuff wasn't around just 10 years ago, uh, 15 years ago when right. I was in school. And, and you think about the college system as well. I remember I went through a period of time where I, I don't know if I would say I was a liberal because I, I wasn't necessarily politically charged that way. But you're only exposed to liberal beliefs. You're only exposed to liberal ideology. And so you kind of come out of college. A lot of students, I think, come out of college thinking this is the only thing out there. And when you turn on the mainstream news, when you turn on all the local night comedy shows, I use comedy um, loosely in this in this regard <laughs> yes. it's it's the same message it's the same message over and over and over so yeah. at least offering a different opinion at least offering a different um ideology is important but i think when most people understand what we're talking about inevitably they're going to end up on our side of the aisle politically because as uh, winston churchill once said and i i paraphrase if you're not a liberal by the time you're 20 you don't have a heart if you're not a conservative by the time you're 30, you don't have a brain. Correct. And so we're just trying to give people brains here. Hey, Owen, you're out on the street. You're talking to thousands of people, many of them not conservatives. What is the most challenging thing 
that you face when trying to explain to people what we are about as conservatives? You know, I don't even necessarily think it comes down to political beliefs. I think if you can remove all of the politics and all of the noise and propaganda, when you sit down with the average American, this has been my experience. Now, I have noticed that liberals lately have kind of realized their double standard here. But when you just talk to somebody and you try to remove the political nature of the conversation and you just say, hey, uh, how do you feel about taxes? You like taxes? Yeah. No, nobody likes taxes, right? How do you feel about big government versus small government? You want more government intervention in your life or less? No, I don't like the government. I don't want them getting involved. And that's how most people feel. But then when when they put it into a political perspective or they put it into a kind of a political lens, all of a sudden they, they start to lean against that. And so that's one of the experiments that I've tried to do out on the streets is I'll just go to a left-wing political event like uh, before we kicked Beto's ass again here in Texas. He was coming through Austin all the time doing events. And I would go talk to some of his younger supporters that would be out there. And I would start with these easy questions like, do you like taxes? No. Do you like big government? No. And so then I get into, well, here's the policy that, that your guy Beto supports. Does that sound like less government? Does that sound like less taxes? And they kind of sit there and they nod their head and they say, well, no, I guess that's not true. So they've, yeah. they've kind of they've kind of changed their answer now. And now when I ask them, hey, do you like big government? They're like, well, it's like, hey, do you like more taxes? Well, it's like they know they really don't like this stuff. But if they fully come out against it, then they have to make a break from their political ideology. And they're just not quite ready mm -hmm. to do that. I don't so think they I have think an ideology. I really don't. I think that it's like, it's like a Stacey Abrams. It's like it's a fashion statement for, for kids 18 to 28 or whatever it is. It's pure it's, pressure in state-run media. Exactly. When when a Taylor Swift comes out and she endorses a Stacey Abrams or a Ellen DeGeneres endorses a Gavin Newsom, they don't even know what they're voting for. And they don't know the ramifications of anything that they're doing. And I think that that's my, my thesis on all of this. It has nothing to do with people like us bitching and moaning that – that demo is is voting for very liberal candidates. My thesis is that it has nothing to do with us. More rock stars have to become more conservative and be the antidote to that. And I, I with people like you, I kind of see that starting to turn the corner a little bit, if not it completely. I would say there's a lot of artists that are conservative, but scared to come out about it because well, hell yeah, afraid about the cancel, which is why yes. we try to give them a platform. Yeah, this right. isn't this is an art problem. This I agree is not with you, a Eric. this is not a political ideology problem. Nobody, nobody that's 18 years old would want to go hang out with Bernie Sanders. Sorry, oh, it's just not gonna happen. You're so wrong. You're wrong. They You're so did, wrong, Eric. There. I did I I covered it at an event at Westminster and I couldn't believe the young kids that were that was years ago. Yeah, but they don't even know why it's, they were there. But Eric, it's the Bernie Sanders supporters that are running this country right now. They're making all these rules for the far two percent on the very left fringe, they're making our laws right now. Those people idolize Bernie Sanders. Well, we're talking with Owen Schroyer from InfoWars, The War Room, St. Louis native. Uh, we've got lots of politics to talk about. If you care to, uh, it's always great to get to know people. I mean, they're, the people who know you love you or hate you, and the people who hate you don't really know you. So with that being said, could you give us a little bit of your background, being from the St. Louis area, since we're a live show based out of St. Louis? Well, it really is so St. Louis, isn't it? I already know uh, at least two of the people that help work on your show every day. Uh, behind the scenes. Hi, Owen. So, so is that Scott back there or is yes, that Alex? Yes, so, so it's so, it's so St. Louis that I, I know some of your great crew there and they're great people. 
Um, you know, I think that the one thing about me that is interesting and, and kind of gives me a little bit of a different perspective than a lot of people that are kind of coming up right now in the political realm is I started kind of in mainstream media, television news. I started in sports media, professional sports, college sports. And so I kind of got a I got a brief view of things behind the scenes. I saw how TV news works. I saw how big, big media works with uh, with professional sporting events. And so I kind of got that background and I was never really politically charged. And it's ironically enough that uh, you're working with my friend, Alex McCarthy, because I remember back in high school, Alex predicted that eventually I'd be doing politics. I thought he was crazy. I thought <laughs> it's politics. Like sport, it's a contact sport now. Alex McCarthy raising sales. Yeah. He's our marketing guy. Yeah. So I thought he was nuts when uh, he told me that, but, but he was right. And ultimately all things lead to politics and, and you grow up and you realize how important these issues are. And you realize that there's something you can do about them. So coming up through sports media, uh, just kind of coming up through television, local news, I just saw behind the scenes. And I, 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 one thing I told myself, seeing a lot of these talking heads on television, and I don't mean to be insulting to most of them are good people in the local area, maybe not so much on your CNNs and MSNBCs. But I, I said to myself after watching this, I said, I will never be that person. I'm never going to be a person that spends two hours in makeup and hair and then walks out onto a set all about presentation just to read off a teleprompter, words that aren't mine, beliefs that I don't even know if I agree with. And so that kind of just sent me on this road of starting my own thing, doing the alternative media, ending up at InfoWars with Alex Jones. For for about 15 years. Yeah. <laughs> it took me about nine, 10 years to get to the point that Owen knew where he was from the get-go. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, because I... Although I had to do my own hair and makeup, I didn't have somebody. Well, that's just a crime. Yeah, <laughs> we did in Detroit. I was in Detroit for eleven years, but come back to St. Louis. Oh no, yeah, that's why no Dave, hair and makeup why, in St. Louis. That's why Dave Murray left the station. Oh my god. Oh, and I re I remember. Oh, and I remember the day you were hired. I I, I remember you being in St. Louis when we mm -hmm. had the when when Trump was in town for a rally, and I was so excited. For one, I I I love Infowars. And when I found out we had a young person from St. Louis and I heard the knowledge that you had, I was so excited. Well, I, I've I, quite I, frankly I, become I, obsessed since then, a, a couple of years before that, really obsessed, maybe even to a, a, a dangerous level with news and information. And you kind of have to be that way. Me you too. guys know for hosting a show, you have to delve into this headlong and just never never resurface really. I mean, that's kind of part of the challenge is you got to stay underwater to, to view and observe and understand anything. But you know, that day in St. Louis, it was such an interesting day because it was still before the Trump phenomenon really totally caught traction. It was really the people that under, that could see the future of where Trump was going and that he was going to get the nomination. And we were kind of ahead of the curve. And when, when I went there that day, think there was still, it was still kind of an unknown. One, we were shocked at uh, we nobody was expecting the turnout i i still I, I still remember to this day that st louis rally was kind of the rally that changed everything really i mean he had a line miles long outside yeah. of the peabody center and yeah. i remember at the time thinking well he should have gone to scott trade center he could right. have filled he could have filled the, the blues arena he could have had yeah. that thing filled. Yeah. and uh, so there were miles miles and miles of lines and so we knew we weren't going to get in so we were standing outside moseying about, and of course, there were a bunch of haters out there. Yeah. And at the time, I was still I was still naive enough 
to think that most people, at least instinctually or intuitively, would be like me and want information, right? Whether they end up, whether it ends up influencing their their final bottom line thought or not, whatever. But I would assume people want more information. They want to know what's going on. So when all of these people started uh, hurling these insults at me and calling me racist and calling Trump racist and all this stuff, I said, wait a second, no, I'm going to stand my ground here and I'm going to inform you on what's really going on because I've been you before. I've been ignorant before. I've been missing the picture before. I'm going to try to inform you. I thought people would like it. I thought I could go out there and have an amicable conversation. Well, instead, the insults started going again. Uh, the threats started coming. And and obviously, there were multiple viral videos from those exchanges. And and everything really kind of changed. For me, from, for me from there, I, I said, wow, this is a whole genre of content now that I embarked on basically a four-year journey of creating, just going out on the streets, debating Trump haters, debating the liberal protesters. But then also, I think, realizing this Trump movement is bigger than we even realize right, right. now. This yeah. is this yeah. is a lot bigger than we even realized. I was already supporting Trump. I already believed that he could win at that time. But it, but it was like after that, it was like, whoa, this type of energy does not. This is not normal. There, there is something yeah. special here, even yeah. even I mean, even on the side of the haters. You don't get that at any political rallies. So it was so charged and. Um, because he for speaks me, it was for like, us. Boom, yeah. continue doing Trump, this. Trump represents us, the majority. People okay. want to tell us we're not the majority, but we are the majority. And we finally had a person, not a politician, a person stand up for us. The movement, I feel, is about us, the people. And he is our spokesperson. You know what's so funny is that when you're doing your man on the street, do you feel like you're doing kung fu? There's this like, let, the, let your opponent's momentum work against them. Yeah. And all you really... <laughs> All you really have to do is just Akito, bring up the topic. The goal used to yeah. Just let, let, let them come at you. It's like all you have to do is bring up a topic <laughs> and then they've already lost the battle. And that's kind of Trumpism to me. And the only thing that people hate about Trump is his attitude. And like they say on Twitter, if it wasn't for Twitter, Trump would have been the next Ronald Reagan, I believe. And if it wasn't for the media d digging against him all the time. But when you're talking to liberals, Literally, there's nothing you there's it's impossible to lose a debate with liberals, isn't it? It's impossible. I can't even figure out one topic that they would win on. on the I, I love I love the kung fu jujitsu analogy, but it's, it's actually <laughs> it's one step further than that because it's not just using the your opponent's energy against them. You also know every single move they're going to make. Yeah, exactly. Every single thing they're going to say, I can sit here and I can program them. But if I say this, I know they're going to say this. And once they say this, I can go over here. If yeah. I ask this, I know they're going to say this. And then I can ask this to show that they're double standard. So yes. it's not only that you use their momentum against them. You know everything that they think and say. They're right. so obviously predictable. And, and, you know, that's the one thing that I think does stir them sometimes is some of them. Some of them are not fully gone. Right. Right. And they realize after a couple a couple questions with me or a couple comments with me, they realize real quick, like, oh, wait a second. This guy's two, three moves ahead of me here. How does he know everything I'm thinking and doing? And I think they kind of have this in, in, internal realization of, wait a second. He knows everything I'm going to say because it's not my thought. Right. It's somebody right. else's right. thought that I'm parroting. Oh, so I've, so I've kind of seen that happen yeah, in real time. Exactly before. Right. That's but with exactly that being right. said, Owen, What's the worst thing that's happened to you from a physical standpoint? I'm sure you've had your life threatened multiple times. 
I'm oh. just wondering. It's not the easiest thing. I, I've been out just because I had a local Fox mic in my hand. I was threatened several times over the years. If people think that local Fox was associated with national or not, watch one of our broadcasts, <laughs> one of those broadcasts, you'd see that. But I'm sure you've been assaulted over and over and over again. I'm just curious one of the worst things was. Well, I will just say this. I plan on someday, maybe even writing a book about this. I can't get into some stuff right now um, for, for legal reasons and for some for some other reasons. But I will tell you some horror stories. And I, I'm not sitting here crying victim or, or acting like it's. it's yeah, no, you know, I because you I expect asked, it. I asked yeah. the question. It's, it's but, like it's I, like but, trying to interview a Raiders fan. It's impossible. But uh, but I will tell you that um, some of the things that have happened to me, not just from not just from deranged leftists, but but from the government as well. When I when I'm when I'm ready to uh, write this story or tell this story, it's going to be really shocking to the American people. And it's going to really make them, I think, reevaluate what the First Amendment and Second Amendment are really for. But yeah. uh, it's been well documented. I've been spat on multiple times. I've been swung on multiple times. I've been sexually assaulted. What? In the streets as well. Yeah, I, wow. I pressed charges, won a lawsuit against a girl that sexually assaulted me. She walked up, grabbed my genitalia and said, if you support Donald Trump, you support this. And so oh that's just some of the stuff. And, and, the, and the saddest part about it, too, is with all the death threats that I've received, not just out in the streets, but but more personal stuff that I'm going to I'm going to tell a story about later. Law enforcement never does anything about it ever. I mean, it's really sad. And and I know oh, we're the side of law enforcement, and that's fine. We can have issues with law enforcement too. But I've I've had probably 10 legitimate death threats that I've shown law enforcement. I've even filmed people driving by threatening me, getting their license plate and everything, and law enforcement does nothing about it. And so that's just that's just like one-tenth of the bigger picture that I'm going to get into. But isn't it sad? Isn't it sad that this is what it's come down to? I don't think our beliefs are controversial. I mean, no. what, what, what is so controversial about our beliefs? It's the same mainstream media programming teaching all these, the, the masses really, to come from a point of hatred. And that's what this is. They're blind by hatred. And when you're blind by hatred, you act erratically. And when you act erratically, you assault people for no reason. I've been punched in the head, Owen. I, I was punched in the back of the head by a man a couple of years ago because I was talking in a private conversation about Donald Trump. I have death threats all the time. As a matter of fact, so often I don't even try to do anything about it. And yeah. you, you're out in the street. You're talking to thousands, millions of people. I can't even imagine how hard they're coming after you. Well, I'd like to think that I'm kind of a likable guy. I mean, if you get to know me, I can, I can get along with everybody. But man, oh, man, you know, and, and here's what's here's another aspect of this that's sad. And, and you guys hopefully don't have to deal with this too much. But the bigger you get, the more you'll likely have to. When they write stories like in Southern Poverty Law Center and right wing watch and all this stuff, and they accuse you of this, that and the other thing. Well, somebody that's never heard of you, never listened to a word you've said, doesn't know anything about you, but they've seen that story. And then they run into something you do or they see you on the street say, you are a racist. You did this and all this crazy stuff. And you're like, where are you getting this? Yeah. Where are you getting you, this? Does that make you nervous? Does that keep you up at night? Are you like, man, I was a sports reporter 10 years ago. Now, look, I'm, I've got death threats from, you know, the, you know, whatever journal in, in Alabama. Does that keep you up? Or are you like, bring it? You know, I, I think it would. And, and I could understand people that that do stay awake at night for it. But, you know, I. um 
I made a conscious decision a long time ago, quite frankly, I think even before I, before I fully grasped it, to just give everything to God. And, you know, yeah. so much of that stress. Thank just, you for just, saying that. Good job. Just, it, just, it just goes away. Once you realize that this is all part of God's plan, you know, the things that you think need to happen or, or all of that stuff, you still have your commitments and you still live life to the fullest. But once you've given that up and you know it's God's plan, so much of that stress, this just it just falls off your shoulders. Once you realize, hey, I'm you know what? I'm in control of some things. Or I like to think I'm in control of some things. But at the end of the day, God is in control of all things. And so whatever's yeah. going to happen to me is part of God's plan. So that's always been a big stress reliever. But when it comes to this, you know, I, I don't I, I don't lose much sleep over it because I just I give it to God and I just know God's will is going to be done no matter what. Oh, and we're glad that you took time to join us today. A lot of people know about you already because you have been so popular. But if you do come across people or if people came across your interview today that aren't familiar with you, how can people catch up with you to follow you, your show, your social media, those sorts of things? Best place to follow me is at band.video. I host the War Room 3 to 6 p.m. weekdays. That's part of the InfoWars Network programming, yeah. the War Room 3 to 6 p.m. weekdays. And as far as social media is concerned, I've been pretty much banned everywhere. But <laughs> um, but now that I, I, I literally when I tell people that they can't even believe it. But now that Rumble is starting to come into its mm -hmm. own. And now that Getter, I think, has a viable platform, and thanks to Elon Musk purchasing Twitter, uh, there's actually social media outlets for me now. So on Getter, at all I do is Owen. On Rumble, Owen Schroyer Live. And on Twitter, Owen Schroyer Live. And that's the name of a new show. Uh, this is my new studio I just built here. Uh, that's the name of my new show that I kind of just pick up spontaneously. I do it Monday nights. That's Owen Schroyer Live. So band.video or infowars.com slash show to watch my three-hour weekday show, The War Room or follow Owen Schroyer live on Twitter and rumble nice. or at all I do is Owen on getter. And so people like us, we're getting a place to speak on the internet again. It's a good thing. Yeah. Sure hey, I had somebody text me. They really want to know. And if you don't want to share it, that's fine. But they said, Vic, he never said where he's from in St. Louis. You know how St. Louis, he went to Parkway are. central. And if you wanted to say great, if you didn't, that's fine as well. Parkway North. No, I went to CBC. You guys should have. Yeah, baby. Wow. He knows Alex. Boy. Come on, he's Alex's buddy. <laughs> that's, that's a great. Right. That's a great school. It really is. Yeah. Were you recruited to go to CBC? <laughs> no, I actually I always thought I always thought I wanted to go to SLU. And then um I was just, you know, CBC was undergoing so many changes when uh, when Alex and I first went there. I was just so amazed their new facility, their new campus that yeah. was getting started, what they were doing as far as how they were treating education. I was just, I was just so amazed at, uh, yeah. at what I saw going on there. And I, I, I think I made the right decision. I made a lot of great connections and you know, you can take, you can take the boy out of St. Louis, but you can never take St. Louis out of the boy. That's true. Speaking of, how, can you give us a little update on how Alex is doing after that lawsuit? What's going on over there at InfoWars? You know, Alex is so battle worn and tested. I think he's kind of just like, it, it, it's like, he's just a walking callus basically like nothing Nothing gets through the surface. He's just so hardened from the experience. Uh, but he just keeps he keeps treading along every day. He continues to kick ass every day. His energy levels remain high every day. I know people are praying for him. I know it's not easy being Alex Jones. I've seen it firsthand. I get I got a little taste of uh, of what that is like. But he's yeah. got a lot of people praying for him. He's got a huge loyal audience that continues to support him. So um, hopefully, you know, InfoWars, Alex Jones are going nowhere fast. Hopefully they're going to stick around forever. But obviously with the lawsuits and the attacks and the censorship, you know, we kind of look at every day 
as a gift. We kind of look at every day as if this is the last day, let's make sure we act like it. And so that's kind of been the mentality at InfoWars for a long time. And I think that's what separated Alex Jones really from everybody else was that sense of urgency. Oh, and we appreciate it. We want to remind everybody again to um, share our show, subscribe everywhere. Oh, and we'll have you back on again if you have the time for it, my friend. If there's anything that we need to keep an eye on, let us know as well. We're all partners in this. That's what we tell people throughout podcasting, trying to get the message out, what I call the full story, not just the main story. And uh, we're grateful for your time, man. Best of luck with everything. Thank you. You guys, too. Look forward to coming on again. All right. Owen Schroyer right there. Guys, what a show. Thanks for uh, jumping in on this today. We knew we had a lot to get to today. And we got to it yeah. all. And uh, uh, so many amazing interviews, you know, from talking to Kevin with Strategic Air Services, Kathy, of course, with Experience Realty, Charlie Strange and Stephen Luchel, and now Owen. Owen is fantastic. I love InfoWars, yeah. and I'm not as scared to say I'm not scared to say it. No, you shouldn't be. By the way, Kevin Malutnik, uh, owner of Strategic Air Services, who joined us at the beginning of this marathon today. Uh, was talking about the FAA situation, the flights being canceled. He said, hey, I forgot to mention that the FAA had to change the acronym NOTAM, which was N-O-T-A-M, from notice to airmen right. to the more acceptable term. Mm. I knew it. To it politically correct. Politically. <laughs> Are you serious? It. Yes. Yes. Eric, you know, so I just wanted to get that out there as well. And I thought I was going nuts. Such is life. I thought I was going no. crazy. I always called it notice to airmen. What's yes. wrong with that? Wow. It was. Yeah. No. Air no, persons? No. no, exactly. And from the Facebook line, G. Martin said, yeah, I said that as well. And we've, we continue to say, everybody, thank you for sharing the show. Share the show. Like the platform. Subscribe to them as well. It helps us. Cancelthisshow.com. We have a donate button at the top right-hand corner. That's how we continue to do what we're doing, along with the sponsors who are jumping in, like Kathy Hellbigstrick. If anybody has any realty questions, she proves time and time again that nobody knows more about her when it comes to the industry. Her husband, Stephen Strick, as well. Her phone number, 314-276-SOLD. If you missed the interview, 314-276-SOLD. But the best part is our original content, all of this content, is right there on mm. our website, canceltheshow.com, our podcast. It's true. <sighs> also, I'm getting text messages, and I always get text messages about things that you guys want to see. I'm now three for today that we need to get a physician on to talk about we do. this new COVID variant and, and what we always talk about with this mitocarditis. So that's on the book. People want to hear about. I'll get from one. A Speaking of tomorrow's show, too, Mark Schmitz. Mark Schmidt, the father of Lieutenant Colonel Jared Schmitz who was killed in the bomb blow up in Afghanistan at the airport, still looking for answers. Another father of a military yes. member who can't get answers. And it's not the grief that clouds any vision. It's the lack of answers that they get. He'll be coming in to talk about that, but also to promote the bar crawl that's coming up for charity. He is going to talk about a massive bar, bar crawl that they started last year. Um, can't wait to talk. Uh, he's going to talk to us uh, first as he gets ready to talk to many outlets about what's coming up. Nice. You guys good? Can I throw something in there? Heck yes. Why Tomorrow, not? something we're going to have to, to, to discuss for a couple minutes is there is going to be a school board meeting, school board candidate meeting. And we're going to talk about that tomorrow. What I'll give board? everyone. What school? I'll board? give everyone all of the details. No, we we need more. Like the school. Why? Why should we be interested about a school board meeting? Well, yeah, which I, one? I would tell you more if I had it pulled up in front of me, but I I don't. I mean, if it's what, like Rockwood, we should what, all what be there. Mean? But if it's Parkway Central, who cares? I believe it's Wentzville. 
but it's it's a pack. There's oh, a political nice action committee who is holding this and is part of this event. Okay, then. I'll give you guys details in the morning, but it's tomorrow night, so be prepared. Guys, we appreciate you joining us for CancerTheShow.com. If you want to join with us as well, let us know from an advertising standpoint. Uh, gosh, let's make this as big as we can. We love it. Thanks, guys. For Scotty Girk and Eric Johnson, Tab of the Hassle, I'm Vic Faust. Have a great hump day, a great Wednesday, January 11th. We'll see you next time for Cancel This.